Mount Geekmore podcast, your favorite podcast, where we discuss, we talk about, we argue about your favorite, uh, your Mount Rushmore, your favorite top four of your favorite pop culture subjects. Uh, the, this episode, we're going to be talking about your favorite literary characters, your heroes, your, your favorite heroes. I right? feel like because of this topic, we should be using AM radio voices. <laughs> NPR. <laughs> NPR. Uh, all right. So, um, we, I am, but it'll be impossible for us to sound that smart. Right. <laughs> I am Neri Or that douchey. <laughs> I am Neri Sines. <laughs> With me as usual is David. Howdy. And today we have a very special guest, <laughs> Mike Mercado. Hello, Mary. <laughs> this is Mike Mercado calling in with the uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, You're like, end the bit. It's done. I'm done. I'm done. Yes, ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm done. Yes, ending. Fuck this. I don't want to do this. Uh, uh, <laughs> You're talking. Wait, 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 hold on. You're talking to the improv guy who's uh, always been told to hey, stop doing voices, and then now you're giving me telling me to do oh. I'll, I'll do this the entire time, and it'll be uncomfortable for all of us in the next five minutes. You, you sound like Dan Castellaneta's uh, radio voice from Parks and Rec. <laughs> I am 100% doing a version of that voice. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, Good yeah, job, yeah. then. The Parks, the, Parks, <laughs> the Parks and Rec, yeah, when they're having the competing the competing NPR guy right. with John Hodgman and then Dan Castellaneta, uh-huh. that's one of my favorite things. And then... They're playing jazz on top of other jazz. <laughs> yeah. I love that. It's one of my favorite. That's yeah. such a funny scene. Who doesn't listen to jazz that way? Um, <laughs> anyway, so we're going to be talking about our favorite, uh, a, our favorite uh, literary heroes. And uh, just to get this out of the way off the bat, because I've had people who have messaged me and commented on uh, the various social media, uh, where we get where we tell people, "Hey, this is what's going to be the topic. What's your what are your picks?" And I've had people that say, "You've mentioned many times that you don't read." <laughs> so, what but you know how to is it? I, first of all, I I do know how to read. <laughs> Secondly, I just because I don't like reading now doesn't mean I've never read. Uh, I have read books before. I've read, you know, uh, uh, plenty. Not plenty, but I've read. Uh, <laughs> plenty would imply I love that, the qualifier. Well, because plenty, plenty would imply that I'm like enough reading already. I've had my fill, and I have it. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, and well, what could say you have? Yeah, like I'm. Yeah. That's like uh, how much have you read? Enough. Enough. <laughs> enough. I. Uh, my favorite quote is uh, from. Uh, uh, from uh, my favorite quote about reading is from Nick in the New Girl, where mm. they're just rattling off things, like they're just rattling off secrets about themselves, and it's you can clearly tell that it's obviously improvised, 
and one of Nick's one of Nick's quote unquote secrets is he goes, he says, I don't think I could read. I think I've just lear- uh, memorized enough words. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, that's what that word is. Yeah, that's what that word is. Exactly. That word is. But that's really what reading is, isn't it? Just it memorizing. Sense, yeah. Yeah. That's actually what reading is. Uh, yeah. but I remember hearing that and, and I lost it laughing. Anyways, so I've read books. I've read enough uh, to cover the subject. Uh, I would say uh, we were supposed to have a fourth, but uh, she didn't feel that she had read enough uh, for this topic. Wait, are we talking about literary? Or, so just to clarify, authors or characters? Characters, right? as characters, as characters. So characters yeah. from books that we love. Correct. Yeah, okay. Correct. Because uh, yeah. there was authors. characters from book you didn't love. Yeah, because you know Ooh, it could be a good character and a shitty. And again, just to relate this to movies, because I relate everything in life to movies. We talked about uh, David and I talked about this uh, um, that uh, the Riddler and the Batman and Robin movie, Jim Carrey, I, he did a phenomenal job. And I thought to myself, and then he said, "Oh, uh, people didn't really like the movie." Like, oh, I thought the movie was shit, but I thought he. His performance was fantastic. So we could all do that. You could find a character in a book where you go, this character is amazing. I don't really like the book and where it, you know, where it takes him or whatever. But that's what I think. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Anyway, uh, <laughs> how did you make your selections, uh, Mike? Uh, well, uh, first of all, uh, of the few books I've read, I've picked one of them. Uh, I think there had to have been characters in books that I've read. Uh, but but um, I don't know. Like, I don't read a lot of, like, lofty books. Like, I don't read a lot of big, like, big books or, like, important But I read stuff that's fun. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like whenever I, I get into something, like, like if I'm going to spend time reading a book, it's got to be, like, fun. I don't want it to be, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not going to come up here and talk to you about Tolstoy's War and Peace. I've not read it. I don't like that kind of reading. You know, I like watching heavy movies. But for some reason, like sitting there with a, like this heavy ass book doesn't feel fun to me. You know, so the, the, the original that I, title of that book was War. What is it good for? <laughs> 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 that joke never gets old. It never does. It never, yeah. <laughs> um, the the well the the point of the, the the of my mountain is just like I like I'm reading for fun, you know. Like and so the characters and the the characters that I picked were like based on books that. Of, out of that world like this is fun to read this is this I, you know i dig this that, that sort of stuff but then again I, I it was hard because some of the books i like some of the stories i've read and some of the things that i like don't have like one particular main character like they're like it's interesting like when you have a like a book that's like ensemble characters or reading like shitty action like like um whatever the male equivalent of a romance novel is <laughs> you know what i'm talking about like the uh, like wouldn't the, that be an like act, the, wouldn't that be an adventure book? Well, kind of. Well, there's like there's like a couple books that I've read that this isn't going to be on my list, but it's literally like. Well, well, it might be. We'll get to it. But like, uh, <laughs> but it's basically like it's basically like James Bond, right? James Bond isn't on my list, even though he's a, an amazing character. I haven't really read any of the James Bond. I only really know him from the movies. But then it's like the super spy. And like, there's like, I read like a lot of those kind of like. Yeah, that's books. that's definitely I think the guy equivalent of what the you know the yeah steel romance novels are. Right, like the Fabio cover book. <laughs> right. Whatever the guy version of that is, I've read some of those, and then also like whatever, like it's it's fun. Like I, I read for fun. There's some stuff that I read that's heavier, but it's like not going on this mountain. You know what I mean? Interesting. Hello. 
Yeah, 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 we're here. Just I'm yeah, just okay, cool. I'm doing a on on the spot uh, sound check. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Well, I can't really hear David. I can hear him, but I can't hear him through the microphone. That's interesting. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. I can hear. Yeah, I, that's all that matters, really. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Keep talking. Uh, okay, so that's, so how did you do your mountain? Uh, the the way I did my mountain was uh, I sat in my office. I looked at the books on my bookshelf and uh, compiled a list of uh, the characters that I liked the most in the books that I saw. Uh, then I sat in my classroom today and I said, huh, I got books in here too. And so uh, I took a gander at the books I had there, added some more names to the list. And then as Neri and I sat here calling you up, I looked through the list and ordered them. <laughs> there was only yeah. one There was only one character that I knew going into this was going to be my number one. And everything else kind of just you know, fell into place. I'm still not 100% certain that this is uh, what I have written down right now is what I'm going to go with. But um, these are these are all or, characters yeah. that I've I've come to love in one way or another. Uh, generally, they are kind of like what, what you said. These are characters from books that I just enjoy reading. Uh, yeah. Not necessarily something that's in the canon of, you know, American literature or British literature or whatever. But um uh, with the exception of one, I think uh, everything else is sort of really just fun characters that you can. Doesn't take a lot it's to also, get into. Like, there's also that thing of if I, like I've read a lot of like just books that I pick up or someone will hand to me that they're not great or anything like that or like or like even the um like uh the, I'm looking at my bookshelf right now like the John Grisham book yeah like some of those are great but like if I told you uh, this character from this John Grisham book you would be like who. <laughs> because they're, they're not as well known, you know what I mean? Like, so right. it, w- it would be a cool way for me to share with you something cool, but that's not really, I don't feel like that's going to go on my mouth. You know what I mean? Like John, the brethren is a great book by John Grisham where it's all about how like someone literally like catfishing a p- presidential candidate and blackmailing him because he's gay. And then like, they don't want to release it. It's great. It's great. And it's all done from like these guys that are ex um, mob bosses that are stuck in prison and they're running all of these scams from within the prison it's a fucking great book it's so good but like you know i recommend you read it but uh, you know the character what's the name of the book really the, the brethren the brethren the brethren by john grisham it's oh, actually really relevant it's very one. it was it was hey, eight. i recommend it highly it's really good i mean if if you but you know it's john grisham it's going to be lost stuff you know it's going to be like you know that kind of that kind of he used to be a lawyer so everything he does is like law related somehow Mm -hmm. and uh, and he gets very in detail about the law but it's like reading michael crichton you know that there's going to be lots of science in there yeah yeah, exactly i have the andromeda spain right here one of my favorite books that is a great one yeah uh, yeah, but, the but, biggest but, gay duo that was a good one that was (laughs) not the same not the same all right got it yeah yeah it's Steve Carell and Steve Colbert. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Nuri? I I picked. Uh, listen, man. I uh, uh, I I went through like I literally googled like oh, uh, uh, you know, historic character, not historic characters, uh, memorable uh, characters in literature or whatever, and like a bunch of them came up, and I was like, hey, I've read that. Hey, I did read that. Hey, I read that one too. And it was by mm-hmm. process of elimination of which ones not only did I read, but that I liked, uh, that I enjoyed uh, heavily. So that's what I went with. That's that's it. Nice. Yeah. 
Marley. It's not, yeah, it does, I guess I guess I overcomplicated it. Yeah, no, I don't. You know, again, because mm-hmm. it's kind of like uh, Mike will understand this. Mike, you remember when you were? Remember when you know when you go to a, um, a showcase and somebody goes, "All right, you got seven minutes." And then when you've been doing comedy for a long time, you go, fuck, what seven minutes should I do? And you start yeah. like, going through all your material. Like, maybe they want to hear this. And maybe they want to. And you start like, I don't know which ones to do. I don't know what seven minutes to do. But when you're a new comic and you only have 10 minutes, you go, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I know exactly what seven <laughs> minutes I'm going to give you. That's the yeah. equivalent of what I'm doing now. I'm like, yeah. I this is I, I got my seven minutes. You have, <laughs> I, you have seven minutes worth of book. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. That is it. Quick question <laughs> for the funny. table, just honest, just just uh, about this topic, but not really about the topic per se. Uh, do you consider uh, um, audio books re- uh, reading? Like, if somebody said, "Oh, I read that book," you go, "Oh, oh well, yeah. you read it." One hundred percent. They go, "It's an audio book." Yeah, I don't see that as reading. I see that as you listen to the book. That's not reading the book. How's that I, different I from reading I, out loud? Yeah. It, because it, you reading it, out loud, it, you would actually look at the words and read it and process that. As opposed, think, it's a different way of processing. Don't get me wrong. I, think, I much would rather, because I, I have this problem when I fall asleep when I'm reading, but I would much rather listen to an audiobook. I just don't consider that I, reading. Yeah. I, I, I understand that the people who say they are different. You're working different parts of the brain. You're doing, like, depending on the narrator, you're getting, like, a different image in your mind of the characters than you would if you put your own voice to it. That happened to me with the Harry Potter book. Like, it, it, there's, a, there's, a, there's, like, a very real performance aspect to when someone reads the book to you that, that, that you don't get, that, that you get, you may lose something, but you also gain some stuff. It's, it, it, they're different. But you're still receiving the story, which I think is mm-hmm. the element. Like the I, most I think you are receiving the story, but I, I and, and I'm not debating whether or not you know the story. Like when somebody goes, "Oh, I heard, I heard that on, uh, on on Audible," I'm like, "Great, you you know the story, but you didn't read the book." To me, when I re- read a book, you know, you get to a word that you don't know, you highlight it, you look it up, you go, "What the fuck does this mean?" If somebody's mm-hmm. saying something on a podcast and they mention a word that you've never heard before, you're just gonna go right over it. I mean, okay. I I will say that that is one thing that I don't like about audiobooks. Because uh, occasionally you'll stumble across something that is so beautifully written that you want to go back and reread that again. Yeah, yeah. And and when when I have a book in my hand, I can stop and say, "Holy fuck!" There's depth to that. And then I go back and I read it again. I might you know underline it or highlight. I it I do or the something. same thing, except with well, I change the word depth to "What the fuck did I just read?" <laughs> and yeah. then go back and read that again and be like, "I don't understand any of what the fuck I just read." Let me go back and read it for the third time, and then be like, On "Oh shit, iPad. my ADD kicked yeah. in. I have no. I don't even remember reading this now. Let's go back again." <laughs> so that's what I do. But it's the same thing. Where it's the same concept. You say right. depth, yeah. I say what the fuck. It's the same. Thing. I think it's yeah. the same thing. I think it's the same thing. <laughs> On yeah. the iPad. Had, they have the thing where that like that was that was next level like a game changer for me except when i'm on the train and i don't have signal but you can literally just highlight a word and hit diction look up yeah the word yeah and i'll be like ah i gotcha okay ah. and then just keep going you don't you don't miss a beat yeah like, ah, and, and there's I people, see what you did there's there. people who yeah there's people who say that reading like a paper book is like the real reading and the e-readers and like tablets and stuff are like taking away part of the process which I do agree with the same way I would agree with audiobooks, not be like you you receive it differently. I don't think so. 
I don't think so. The, just the I, medium the that it's no. on, like I don't think so. Yeah. It's just a. I think, still, I think it boils down to preference, really. No, no. Again, yeah, all of that's all of that's fine. All of that is fine. I just think that you know, I, all of that is obvious. The preference are fine, but I'm just saying when you read a written word, whether that written word comes out from a screen or comes out from a piece of paper or parchment, I mean, what? Right. I mean, you're still reading the fucking word. Right. Like, it's it's like your brain doesn't work differently. Too. Your brain is yeah. not like, oh, this was written on on a scroll, so now I have to. Like, it doesn't fucking do that. Like, you're still mm-hmm. reading the same word. Right. I'm, I don't know, whatever. That's besides the point. I know tangent. This welcome to Geekmore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's begin. With the fourth pick, number four, round four. I'm in no mood for your wives' crack. Let's get it on. All right, number four. Uh, Mike, hit me with your number four, brother. My number four is Arthur Dent from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You know, I've never read this book. <gasps> oh, guys. I know. I, guys. Feel, I feel like an awful geek. I'll tell you what. Th- th- okay, this is one of those books that it's so fun to read. And it's it's so fucking smart. In, in like, a, it's so clever. It's not even smart. It's so clever. That it's pumping you full of this this like other perspective. This point of Doug Adams is so fucking clever mm-hmm. that when you're reading it, you're not realizing how much of your wor- like your like worldview is getting like fucked with. It's right. like a good comic. It's like a good comedian. Like they're just using words, but like when at the end of the joke, you're laughing. You're what? It's like a magic trick, you know? Like th- it's so cleverly written. There's some of the like the like it turned. 42 the book was it's 42 years old today you know it's 42nd anniversary of of, of hitchhiker's Day of the galaxy this year okay. and uh and that 42 the light what's the answer to life uh universe and everything and then the thing comes back with the answer 42 but then it's like yeah but you didn't ask the right question well, like what an interesting take especially when it was written back in the 70s you know right like it, it's it's just such a fun book and arthur dent is like this schlubby guy you know if you've seen the movie the movie I like that movie a lot. I like the movie, the the Hitchhiker, with most death and with uh, Sam Rockwell and all that stuff. But like, I read the book after watching the movie, so I have that image in my mind. But it's kind of morphed over the years to become like a different thing. And the characters, like, it's just such a like a, 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 a relatable character written in such a clever way. It's it's great. That's one of my that that book is one of my favorites. And he's like the main character of the book, so I, I figured I'd, I figured I'd choose him. But it's such a good book. And then Douglas Adams is like such a smart, clever writer for, especially if you're any bit of a skeptic or any bit of a secular person. It's mm-hmm. very, very it it, tri- it like hits all the right buttons for me. You know, right. it's very good. I yeah, love it. I've, I've had very many people whom I either work with or you know, friends who have told me that it's a fantastic read. So um, know, maybe it's you time. Should, yeah, it's, maybe it's time to finally sit yeah, down. It's and, time, dude. Mm-hmm. It's time. I'll mail it to you. I have it here. <laughs> Thank you. We could just download it. It's fine. <laughs> Guys, the real physical copy of the book. We just talked about this. We just. You know what I? F- no, you know what I figured. I just realized that the people who think that the physical copy of the book are the same people who are like, "Dude, it's such warmer on vinyl." When you listen to it on vinyl, oh, yeah. <laughs> Dave yeah. is one of those people, by the way. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, all right, Hitchh- uh, Arthur Dent and Hitchhiker's Guide. Is he the? Is he the protagonist? Yeah, he's the. Did you, you never saw the movie? He's uh, Martin Freeman. He's the main guy. Nope, never in, saw the movie. Uh, 
Oh yeah, it's a good movie too. It's fun. If you don't want to read the book, watch the movie. It's, I, I mean, it's oh legit, same, but. legit. Uh, I confused Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with uh, uh, Zuthoria. Was it Zuthura? Zuthura. Oh, the Zuthura. I I confused those. And again, I only saw Zuthura for the first time this year or 2019. Space Jumanji. Uh, yeah, Space Jumanji. And uh, so I thought because of the previews, it was all like all oh, the house was in space and all this. I, mm-hmm. I always confused those two. Obviously, they're not the same. I'm just saying that's where I was confused. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Dave. What's your number four? <laughs> uh, my number four is Philip Marlowe from the Raymond Chandler series of detective novels. Uh, my oh, favorite, yeah. Philip what? Philip Marlowe. Marlowe. Good uh, pick. My favorite being uh, The Big Sleep, uh, followed very very closely by The Long Goodbye. Uh, Marlowe. What's a series of books? Um, but there's no name for the series. I guess you could just call it the Philip Marlowe series. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a it's a series of detective novels. He's a, a private detective in Los Angeles in the nineteen uh, in the late 1930s. Early is he 1940s. wearing a fedora? Yeah. Uh, it's it's exactly what it's exactly what you think it is. He's got a fedora. Is it in black uh, and white? Like the suit. Stuff, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's basically w- whatever you think of as like the the Humphrey Bogart style, you know, detective. That's him. Uh, when he you, slap women. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's nineteen forties. You must help me slap, slap. <laughs> Get a hold of yourself, woman. I'm sorry. That's how you compose women meanwhile, back then. Back then, you compose women back then. Yeah. Meanwhile, she's just trying to express an opinion. Yeah. And then, <laughs> meanwhile, something yeah. dramatic has just happened to her. Her child has yeah. been kidnapped. She's had a gun in her face, and this yeah. guy comes along. Snap and out of Slap out! Snap out of it, woman! So you're you're yeah. stuttering. Here, let me slap the fucking nonsense out of you. She's my daughter. <laughs> She's my sister. My da- She's my daughter. <laughs> She's my sister. <laughs> Oh, Chinatown. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's he's such um, like in in every way he's kind of like an average guy. Um, he's he's not um, ridiculously smart. He's not ridiculously athletic. He's just he's a guy who's really good at his job, and just about the only thing he cares about is his job. Um, he's not a he's fr- also, like clever. Like that was that was the thing. He's like, yeah. why is cracking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's always yeah. ready with uh, with a quip or, or a wisecrack yeah. to you know kind of set you off. That the very first time that he speaks at all is uh, to the daughter of this like gazillionaire who's called him to his house on a on a blackmail case, and she asks him what his name is, and he gives her a fake name, and he just starts toying with her because he he sees that she's not particularly bright. And he kind of gets a kick out of that, and uh, he he yeah. loves he loves being uh, smarter than the average person, but he also meets his match every now and then, and and that's when when he's got to really use his wits to get out of there, and he he often since you phrased it that way, I just think about uh, Yogi Bear. And he says he's smarter than the average, and I was like, "Bear, you're smarter than the average bear." Okay. And then when now he's like, "Oh, he meets his match," I'm like, "Oh, the ranger." <laughs> yeah, the ranger. Uh, <laughs> but go ahead. You were <laughs> now that you mention it, yeah, I see some similarities, some parallels here. <clears throat> so are you he's, telling um, me that Yogi Bear was inspired by Philip Marlowe? Uh, I I don't see it as any other way now. I think it has it's to be that be, way. That's, it has to be that way. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's he's just such a. 
a cool guy like he exudes cool um and the way that he'll like just as quickly turn down a woman who's naked in his bed as he'll seduce a woman as he'll seduce a woman uh like the the guy is kind of like the the prototype for what would become james bond like he loves to drink he Mm. loves to drive fast uh the only difference i guess is that he's not necessarily prone to violence like bond is uh he's not kind of like that blunt instrument that you know uh we know bond as but uh but in a lot of ways he's kind of that prototype for the uh for the, the 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 male police officer detective secret agent he's not necessarily doing secret agent stuff but there's a lot of you know uh detective work and investigation that goes into that genre so uh yeah, I love a good, I love a good detective book. Yeah, I love a good detective yeah. novel. And, and I think that Chan- Chandler is the the best detective writer there ever was. He kind of, um, uh, he certainly didn't create the genre, but since yeah. him, I don't think anyone has topped him. So Hercule Poirot would like a few words, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm, no, a, I'm a big book. fan. Yeah, I love. Yeah, well, like that's the thing. That's the, that's also the time of like like uh when when those books came out that they were like serialized in like magazines and things like that so they were much shorter condensed pieces of literature that you could just pick up the average person could just read Mm -hmm. and then so when movies started getting talkies and stuff and they're like hey we need to make some movies all of this just ready-made content was there so that's why all of those like film noir like all of those detective stories got but got turned into movies because they were just cranking them out Right. And people, it was, it was like the superhero movies of the time or the Westerns, you know, like right. it was, there was just this whole world of, of like people figuring things out and, and being smart, not just, you know, you know, her, like the heroes weren't necessarily the strongest. They were the smartest. It was, it was, it was interesting. Like, yeah. And, yeah. and Chandler had a particularly um, cinematic eye because uh, that was one of the ways that he paid his bills was he wrote movie scripts. And mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of the scripts that he wrote ended up being, you know, classics in that sort of um, you know detective. Yeah, Bogart noir played thriller. Played Marlowe. Yeah, yeah, the big sleep. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there That's you go. That's uh, I like that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, so Philip Marlowe, my uh, number four. Classic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my number four. I'm um, kind of making a a a. a a judgment call right now uh, is uh, Elizabeth Bennett, uh, aka Lizzie from uh, Pride and Prejudice. That's oh. my number four. You read? I've never read Pride and Prejudice. I read I've it in high read. school. Uh, that book's for that book's for broad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know that Gary Goldman bit about like typing? Oh, that's right. What are you a secretary hey, for broad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never read it. My mom was obsessed with the the like some PBS version of that that, that thing. All right, like, so this is the thing. I've, I've never read. It. I've read the I've read the book in high school, uh, but most of my memory <laughs> comes from watching movies, and it's been mm-hmm. remade a billion and ten times. Right. And yeah. uh, and I think was Renona Ryder in one version. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, so that's the version I remember. That's like that's uh, hashtag my pride and prejudice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I even that I haven't seen in 
30 years. Like, I haven't seen that movie in God knows how long. It's, it's right. been forever. Uh, but when I started reading up on, like, again, I started Googling these characters, and, and I started, I'm like, yeah, I did like her. And I remember specifically in high school, because we would read as a class. That's the reason why I read the book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we would read as, in class. And uh, and I had to read, by the way, to the listener, I had to read that because uh, I was, if I didn't, if my ADD, if I allowed my ADD to take over, I would start looking around, and that's exactly when the teacher would be like, "All right, now, Neri, you continue reading from here on out." And I'm like, "I don't know where the fuck we are." So <laughs> yeah. I learned my lesson. You couldn't look like a buffoon in front of everyone. Well, what happened was I learned my lesson after a couple of times of her being like, "It's your turn to read," and me be like, "What page are we on?" Like I don't know what page we're on because I, I fucking don't care. Um, <laughs> so then I had to. But I, anyways, I hated reading in like reading in class was like a fucking nightmare. I was such a, like, I was always so afraid because, like, I'm good at reading now, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm good at, like, speaking now, but, like, in middle school, that shit was fucking torture. I, it was never difficult for me. Uh, I found it difficult for me, and, and, and again, this is where the running joke that's lasted eight fucking years comes from, is when we started the podcast... It was trying to read something that I didn't write, that I've never written, that I've never read before on air. That's a cold the, read. For the cold read. Yeah. And, yeah. and and trying to edit it at the same time as I'm reading. Because I didn't want to sound... Like, I remember specifically when we started Geek More, um, I, I wanted... We were doing Geek News, and I wanted to be like, okay, uh, there's a new rumor that so-and-so is going to play so-and-so, right? But yeah. it was in the... It, the way it was written was an interview. So it was like... Uh, oh, I really want to play so and so," said Lieutenant. Said you know, ex a y a a b c actor, and I didn't want to say on air said a b c actor. So I'm trying to oh, I'm right. trying to edit right. on the, at you know as I'm reading a cold read, and then I just kept fucking stumbling, and then it sounded like a, a complete buffoon, and I'm like, well, okay, and that's where the whole oh Neri can't read, and I'm like, huh, and I laughed because I thought it was funny, but it's fucking continued. <laughs> but in high school and in middle school, I had zero problems with reading aloud if I knew what fucking page we were on. That's all. I needed. I was like, just tell me, because if I didn't pay yeah. attention, if I turned around, if I fucking looked around, if I looked at the hot chick and started fucking imagining the things that I wanted to do with her, and then the teacher noticed that I wasn't looking down at my book, she would call upon me. Neri, continue yeah. to read from the next paragraph, and I'm like, I don't even know what page we're on. But if we if we're, we knew we're, what page we're on, I fucking I could read out loud just fine. I had no like yeah. there was never a fear. Like I never had like, oh no, I'm gonna read in public. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. That don't bother me. No, there was the way we the way my class did it, and I remember like so vividly i'm having this flashback of like it was per paragraph so someone would read yes, one paragraph yes, and someone yes. would read another paragraph yes. and then you would count you would see how many people there were ahead oh, of you so and you'd be like where's the paragraph yeah. where how many and then you would read it ahead of time yeah and, you, and then so when it got to you you had to like kind of cut back to them to see where they were every couple seconds rather than just wait and read when it's your fucking turn that's like hilarious. that shit drove me crazy and if you were lucky you got a short paragraph but everyone saw you turn the page and it's like the full page is one paragraph you're like fuck <laughs> uh so anyway so while reading pride and prejudice. Uh, while reading pride and prejudice what i liked about lizzie is that she had a good sense of humor that she was mm -hmm. always, like that that was the thing the funny one, the funny one. i could re remember like oh that's and i remember as a kid thinking to myself oh she's like peter parker almost she has like snarky remarks and shit and yeah. i'm like oh I could like that's oh, how that's, wow. that's how I related to her, um, but I like that. And I, and as I got older, and now that I'm older, now with the whole, now not with I was gonna say with the whole me too thing, but now with the whole as an adult, I understand and sympathize with how important a strong woman is. Like for mm -hmm. to be a woman in those times, 
and be mm. expected to marry for money and for comfort instead and, of for love and instead yeah. of for love and then you go oh, and then she had the balls to be like no i'm not you know what i mean like that that to me like not like looking back at it now as an adult you could go wow that's some that's some boss shit like you're a fucking boss you're you know what i mean like you you don't give a fuck and and again yeah, that's that, pretty dope i could also say you know the cynical part of me could also say well that's because she's young and stupid uh because when you're older you realize yeah. you really do need financial stability that really does help out <laughs> he has a 401k yeah. bitch don't get crazy lizzie don't get crazy uh but uh i do i i always i always appreciated the fact that she was like uh i maybe have always been that guy that you against the grain guy uh that but i've liked the whole st- no get out of <laughs> No, Neri. <laughs> but I this like use. I like Who the fact that? I like the fact that um I like when I read or see characters portrayed as the defiant stand up to the establishment. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do shit my way because my way is better type of shit. Right. Uh, that that's always appealed to me. So uh, uh that's why uh, my number four pick is uh, Lizzie from Pride and Prejudice, Elizabeth uh, Bennett. So, I need to, I need to read this again because the the only time I read this, I was not mature enough to really yeah, appreciate exactly. it. I definitely oh, wasn't exactly. mature enough when I read it. When I read it, it was like, oh, she's like Spider-Man. Cool. Like that's <laughs> de- that's definitely not mature enough to fucking understand the depth of this of this novel. Absolutely not. I probably should read it again, but I probably won't. But what I will do for sure is watch the movie that just came out last year in 2019 because everybody's talking about how great it is right. and how great of a rendition it is. So I'll probably just do that. To be fair, though, uh, us comparing things to Peter Parker, that happens now, man. We do that every, like, yeah. we're like, oh, yeah, that's like Spider-Man. Oh, I love that thing. Yeah, that guy's quippy. Yeah, yeah. He's like Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Again. That guy's dark and brooding. Like, like Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy's a goody two-shoes Superman. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. So, uh, I, I, um... But yeah, I definitely wasn't mature enough back then uh, mm-hmm. for the novel. Uh, but with that said, uh, I will. With that said, I would say that I uh, probably not mature enough for it now. So there's <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> that's my thing. Yeah, All right. So our number fours are Arthur Dent from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Philip Morrow, uh, Marlowe from the Philip Marlowe series of uh, detective novels, and Elizabeth Bennett. Uh, A.K.A. Lizzie from Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. Nice. All right, so uh, we are at number round three. Three is a magic number. Yes, it is. All right, uh, Mike, what's your number three? I am going to go with uh, Professor McGonagall. Oh, nice. The yeah, no. Harry Potter was a spoiled brat kid uh, who got away with, he didn't follow the rules or nothing. Professor McGonagall, powerful witch, a powerful woman, strong, eventually becomes headmaster of Hogwarts. She's hey, a full, hey, she's fucking a full, spoiler, bro. Jesus. She's a, it's, it's <laughs> enough time has passed. She's a full-on fucking badass. She stands up to the right people. She's, a, she's stern but fair and uh, a true educator. Huh? She's yeah. all about teaching the kids, and and she's like, it, it, like uh, I really want, like I, I came to the Harry Potter series late, you know. And J.K. Rowling has done everything since I've read it to make me hate the fact that I like it. <laughs> but you know, what I mean, like she's just a fucking monster now, or whatever. But the um, she's she's the George but, Lucas of the literary world. 
Why is that? Example? How, how is that? Exactly right. Can you explain that to the non? She's, I don't give a fuck about her or her books. She has gone uh, and retrospectively uh, made uh, claims about characters and scenarios in the books where you're like, what? I mean, well, it's not. And then she's also it. gone on. Yeah, it's, it's not what she wrote, and people read it, and they have attachments to certain characters, and then she posts the publishing of all this stuff. She's also gone on to make like the. The, the additional stories like she's writing the scripts for the all of the fantastic beast movies mm -hmm. but she's also apparently like kind of a kind of a bigot you know compared like she's a like a turf she's a she's like anti-feminism in a certain way like it, there's there's like a weird kind of like angry vibe now that you get from her and I, there's like you, a lot of stuff online is one of these examples about her as a person. is one of these examples of the post book uh, edit when she came out and said that Gandalf was gay Dumbledore. Dumbledore Gandalf Gandalf Dumbledore No yeah yeah Gandalf, Gandalf and Dumbledore were I'm sorry you're and, right uh, Dumbledore that, that would be perfect that, that would be ridiculous cuz Gandalf's <laughs> yeah. not even real so you're right Dumbledore yes yeah, you're right yeah, I'm yeah. saying Dumbledore yeah. go ahead Yeah Dumbledore's real Gandalf is not Right so were people upset <laughs> when Dumbledore was gay when it came out I mean is that a thing that people got upset about that I, Some people were Dumbledore's on Earth and Gandalf is in Middle Earth. There are two separate things. The middle is very important in the description. <laughs> um, what if I just spent the next hour talking about that? Where you're like, "What's your number one pick?" And I'm like, "Yeah, whatever." Hey, Dumbledore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the part is, the, the, what if what if the middle and Middle Earth was in like those hard brackets, like where it's like it's implied, but not really <laughs> yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. Nobody really <laughs> said it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, it's a grammar like, jokes, motherfucker. <laughs> Welcome to the intelligent ah. Mount Geekmore, bitches. Yeah. The <laughs> There's going to be called Mount Grammarphone, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. But, yeah, she's, she's also, like, the, the one of the weirder ones was that there was no toilet. And then when they built Hogwarts and they would just, like, magically press to digitate their shit away, they would just, like, shit their pants and go, poof, and it's gone with their wands. What a weird thing to put in there. I thought that was, like, it didn't make any sense. I was like, did she, is she fucking around? And also, like, there's parts What if of she the, was just high when she fucking, like, wrote the, like, eh? And that'd be hilarious, bro. <laughs> they shit their yeah. pants. Ah. And then there's, like, a billion fucking people reading this, like, oh, okay. That's, that's how it happens. Okay. All right. I mean, in all fairness, she did create this incredible world. Like, yeah. I mean, realistically, I love all the iterations of the original series, you know, the books, the, the movies, you know, like, like I came to them late. I came to them after they had already had, and I was a little, I was slightly too old for when they hit. No. Even though I'm technically the same age as Harry Potter, but I don't think there's slightly anything about that. You were too old as fuck. You were like, that was, <laughs> this was after you and I started recording. <clears throat> you were fucking late to that. No, no, no. Right, right, right. right. But my little brother <laughs> turned me on to it. My little brothers were like, it hit them super hard. And then, so I got this, like, I started with the movies and then I went back and I read everything and I was like, oh, there's so much more awesome shit in the books that I, I wasn't like, I was like, oh man, I really missed out. So I read, I read all the books and listened to the audiobooks. Like I went through the whole thing. Like I've read all, basically, I've been through the whole story arc like three or four times in the different media you know so here's and, what i uh, would say about the harry potter because i have i have somebody else in my mountain but I, here's what i will say um 
coming from somebody who a creative person uh a comedian right. entertainer uh when my wife and i first went to harry potter world because that's what i call it i'm not calling it the wizard <laughs> yeah, yeah, world yeah. no second being so um <laughs> when, when when my wife and i first went to her now world, i want it to be called the wizarding world of no second no second thing yeah i would love to go to that's the name the of the episode of- that's the name of the episode yeah, yeah. um so, uh, but I will say this: when her and I, my wife and I, first went to Harry Potter World, we stood in the in like the middle of Diagon Alley, and I remember mm. I I clearly remember looking around and being like, all of this shit that I'm experiencing, that all these thousands of people around me at this moment are experiencing, this physical shit that we're experiencing, like the fact that people are going into the stores and people are like and looking up and seeing the concrete dragon and all this, like all of this stemmed from a person's imagination that they put down on paper yeah. mm-hmm. or a computer Amazing. or a typewriter, whatever the fuck, however she did it. And I was like, that's fucking like crazy yeah. like that's just it blows my mind like i i was there and i and i wasn't high because i don't do that and i was just like this is crazy people like i literally i was just like i can't yeah. believe that this all happened because of one person's imagination like yeah. this how it happened because of one person's not and it wasn't like walt disney goes oh i have an imagination i want to make a theme park she was like i'm just gonna write a book Mm-hmm. And then that book turned into another book, and that book turned into a series, and then yeah. that series turned into movies, and that movies, like that that whole crazy snow snowball effect. I was like, this is pretty fucking bananas. It's wild, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you think about it, that's how everything comes out. Like literally, no, no, some, no. But everything. here's the thing. But here's the thing. There's a difference between somebody saying like, "Hey, I'm an investor, and I want to create a, I want to create a theme park." And this is oh, you're talking about the, the physical world. Like you're I'm talking, talking about, about like, yeah, I'm talking yeah. about the physical world. Like the fact that I'm in a physical world, you can that, actually experience that I can the actually world ex- that she yeah. saw in her experience. head. Yeah, like that's crazy. Yeah. Like the fact that me, a complete stranger and not even a fan of that work, can still experience that work. Because mm-hmm. she years upon years ago fucking had a, you know, she woke up and goes, "I'm gonna write a book." Like that to me is pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, you know, it's just, and going back to yeah, go going back to like my pick. What like the Professor McGonagall character is in is throughout the entire series. She's never like the main character, but like there's absolutely pivotal points in the story that that it like she populated. If you want to look at J.K. Rowling, she populated the world with like characters that at the time of course like like when when you're reading it and you don't know anything about like you just take the books as a as an isolated thing without knowing about her as a person or all the backstory shit there's a ton of amazing characters in there i was gonna say hagrid but i think professor mcgonagall like hagrid honorable mention but like uh professor mcgonagall is like like a very powerful character behind the scenes yeah allowing the children to do all of the you know to be the heroes and all that stuff while also like protecting and encouraging, and she's the one that gets him the the fucking uh, 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 broom so that he can play Quidditch, and she's the one that like 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 protects him at a certain point. Literally, they, the, you know, like when all the crazy stuff happens at the end, she becomes, you know, like their, she's like their leader of it, essentially. Like she's she's like one of the strongest magic people, you know, she wizard is, or witch in the world. And I've always thought of her as like the the perfect teacher. She's she's the teacher yeah. that that I uh, wish all my teachers were like. Uh, you're, are you calling her uh, Mr. Feely? Feely, what Feely? Am I saying Feeny? Mr. Feeny? Feeny, Feeny, I'm sorry, Feely. Yeah. I mean, hey, can Feeny turn a cup into a rat? Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> nah, he could just turn a, he could just turn a slacker into a fucking great man. All right, yeah. 
mm. molded minds. That was his magic. Do good. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> imagine do, if you had do that good. Magic exactly. And, that was that was and, his fucking levitation spell. He levitated their spirits. Yeah. He said, "Do good." <sighs> right. Excuse me, sir. Imagine, imagine if Mister Feeney had a fucking wand. That's the <laughs> Professor McGonagall. <laughs> Give him. Yeah, that's what it was. When Guardian Leviosa, and also I have a posh British accent. Yeah, and and was hot in the late seventies. <laughs> yeah right that's that, see that's, that's we all remember clash of the titans <laughs> was she in clash of the titans she was in clash of the titans what, who, who yeah. was she in clash of the titans uh she was one of zeus's wives i can't remember uh, which I'm one sold. yeah <laughs> that's all you need there, i don't but remember zeus having like, an uh, ugly wife <laughs> 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 which one was was he zeus's ugly wife <laughs> yeah but no, that that would be an interesting story to like tell as a prequel. Like like yeah. uh, the McGonagall story would be very cool. Like I love, I'm a fan of the the, the Fantastic Beast. I didn't see the crime. I didn't like the crimes of Grindelwald all that much, but I loved the the the, the first one, the first Fantastic Beast. That was amazing. Also. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't. But see I didn't like the second one. I didn't even. Yeah, see it's it. it's all right. The which but, one? But the, the second I, Fantastic the, Beast. So Johnny Depp one. Here's I love part one, and this is gonna sound stupid because considering who my pick is gonna be now, I'm kind of tilting my hand a little yeah. bit. But the first. Fantastic Beast was amazing and I loved everything yeah. about it because I didn't have to be an avid reader of the Harry Potter books. I, I immediately, right. it was within the same world, but I didn't have anything to do with Harry Potter and I'm like, okay, great. And in part two, like all these tie-ins came in I'm assuming mm-hmm. these tie-ins came in from characters that I that I would know had I read these books uh, thoroughly, and I was like, I don't know, I don't know what. So I had to go back yeah. and do homework and research just to get what part two was about. But I do like that that fucking scene at the end with part two with Johnny Depp coming. That was fucking dope. Right. Not gonna lie, that was, There's a lot of. I, I mean, it's it. cool. There's some cool shit, but it's definitely the first one really got me and introduced the world and the animals and the. I love I love like the idea of magical animals and mm-hmm. that was perfect for me. But but basically like. Uh, that whole world is is like worthy of like you know that's a big fucking deal man that that was that i think that's why so many people feel betrayed by jk rowling being a weirdo that (laughs) that like because it meant so much to so many people even though i came to it late i can still see how if i had been like the perfect age for it it would have ruled my world it would have been my star wars right you know what i mean but but and Professor McGonagall is like the like one of the ideal roles i was gonna put dumbledore but dumbledore is kind of like uh, he's like there's he's kind of a villain also like he lets a ton of bad shit happen to the kids <laughs> like he's just like allows fucking like terrible things to happen and you know mcgonagall professor mcgonagall i think is a more pure good character like ideal character yeah remember it was it was the 80s you know <laughs> it was the 80s yeah yeah so you know you gotta fend for yourself <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Right. But yeah, that's my pick. That's my number three. Nice, right. great pick, man. All right, what's your uh, Dave? Uh, so I I kind of struggled with which to put it my uh, my number three, uh, but ultimately my number three is James Bond. Nice. Um, so far, I'm batting a thousand with your list. <laughs> I'm sure you're gonna get all of them except one. Um, so Bond was a character that obviously I discovered in in film as most people do before reading the books 
Um, but w- one of the the kind of the criteria for me in this list was that the character had to originate in uh, in literature. And so oh, okay. when when I was uh, yeah, it had to originate in literature. So it couldn't be something that you know there were books written about them after a movie or a TV series or even a novelization or something. So um, I came to the Bond books when I was in high school, uh, and I started with Casino Royale. Um, after I saw Casino Royale. Um, Fantastic! Uh, yeah, it was absolutely amazing. You're gonna uh, die scratching my balls. <laughs> oh no, it was college. College. Sorry, because Casino Royale came out when I was in college. Um, so I I read Casino Royale and it blew my fucking mind. How incredibly well written this book series was, and it also happened to be. And it had that quality that you were talking about, Mike. About mm-hmm. like, this is a guy's book series. Like there's action, there's the same uh, for broads, man. Uh, there's uh, yeah. n- not. It's, it wasn't romance. It was sex, you know. And and uh, there's there's gratuitous violence and sex, and there's fast cars, and there's uh, you know uh, all this fantastical stuff that you know about in the movies. It's all there in the mm-hmm. book, but the character of Bond is a little different. And that's what kind of drew me to him was he was much more human in in the movie series. He's almost like like a fucking superhero where he's infallible. Uh, And and anytime he gets caught, it's only because, uh, you know, it was some sort of incredible odds against him. Like it was like a thousand men to one, you know, in the book series. It's not like that. He oftentimes gets overwhelmed by the you know by just a couple of guys on him he's uh you know he's obviously skilled in martial arts and you know firearm but he's not the greatest marksman he's not the greatest martial artist he's a smart witty guy and he gets by on his wits and yeah i've never read the book does he have q in the book does he have like the same like remember because it was all about gadgets for a while uh so the gadgets don't really come in until like much later in the books and and still it's it's not a lot but were the gadgets a um were they uh influenced by the movies like did they did the movies start doing gadgets and then the books yeah. were like fuck it let's throw in some gadgets so as well the the books were still incredibly um grounded the the gadget stuff were like classic spy gadgets like the the one that comes to mini mind cameras is stuff. yeah like little mini cameras uh in from Russia with love i think he has like the most classic gadget which is a briefcase and the briefcase. Oh, I was going to say penis enlarger. Sweetest, <laughs> a sweetest made yeah. penis enlarger. <laughs> that's not mine, baby. That sort of thing is my bag, baby. <laughs> By Austin I love Danger that movie Powers. So much. <laughs> so much. So great. Don't forget how good those fucking Austin Powers movies were, man. No, no, just yeah. that one. Uh, just uh, the one. Uh, just I'll, the I'll one, give the, the second one. Yeah. The second one, too, was. was, you know, recycled. It was oh, totally recycled. Oh. But, you know, mm-hmm. the, that mm-hmm. third one was awful. Oh, jeez. Beyonce looked good in it. Though. But you were saying, so you were uh, saying. yeah. So um, in from Russia with love, he's got he's got a uh, a briefcase, and the briefcase has like a hidden knife in it. It's got hidden currency, and that's just about it. You know, he doesn't have any fancy uh, like race cars with Does he have you a know shark with lasers on it. <laughs> Freaking lasers. <laughs> lasers. <laughs> um, 
my my favorite in the we series is uh, are the at least ill tempered bass. <laughs> God damn it. My favorite oh, in the series is probably from Russia with Love. It's uh it's just masterfully written. The the way the story is plotted out. Bond doesn't even come into the book until uh like a third uh, a third of the way through and uh it's just uh, Fleming is such a great writer he imbues bond with such a a, a human uh, characteristic and it's a it's a book series where if if you like the movies you'll you'll read the books and see 100% where where the movies are coming from but then at the same time you'll also read and see oh okay so at some point and yeah. and really it's it's in the in the Roger Moore years, they start to stray from from the from the book material. So really, you only get about like five or six really faithful adaptations of of the books, and um, it's it's very worth it to to read it. So do they? Are they still? Forgive my ignorance. Are they still writing novels now? Like, do the novels still continue? Yeah. So after after he died, there was a there was a period where there wasn't anything. Uh, one guy was licensed by his estate to write a continuation novel, and then in the eighties, they had uh, they had someone come in and continue where he left off. Then. Uh, Basically, since then, since the early '80s, there have been uh, like small gaps here and there, but Bond books have still been in production. I've read I've read a few of the the ones not written by Ian Fleming, and uh, they're fairly good. Uh, I don't think they're anywhere near as good as his. But so they still he still so how many books are there in a the series to date? The, I couldn't tell you how many there are total, uh, but I know from the ones that Fleming wrote, I think it was fourteen. Okay. So they they've long since passed um, stories based on his stories, right. or or even using movie, yeah. or even using his uh, like movie titles, uh, like uh, what was um, Quantum of Solace, uh, the second Daniel Craig movie is is, is the is the forget it, but I just right is the title of one of the one of the short stories that he wrote. Uh, he wrote a few short stories, not too many, and it has nothing to do with the film. Also, okay. yeah. it's just a name. It was just yeah, a name? They, they just took the name. Oh, okay. Well, all right. <laughs> uh, no, it's interesting. Like, because because one of the things is that, like I was saying, like a lot of this stuff turns into fodder for movies, right? It's right. Like every book, and there's always there's always those people that are like, the book is better than the movie. The book is better than the movie, and I agree. There's tons of times where the book is better than the movie if you read the book first. But there's, yeah. I have grown to really love going, like, if I like a movie, and like that, well, like what I did with Harry Potter, like I go back and I read the book after I watch the movie, because then it's like a director's cut with deleted scenes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And you just get more of the thing you enjoyed. You know what I mean? Like, rather than, like, getting the full experience and then hoping to get, hoping to get it right, which will come into play later in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. What I found is if you uh, if you read the books that Sean Connery's movies are based on, uh, and the one George uh, George Lazenby film, uh, you find that they are very accurate. Um, and there's there's even uh, uh, like one of these like on set stories of how uh, the director 
of on Her Majesty's Secret Service would come to the the film sets and and to location. He'd sit in his chair and read the chapter of the book that they were about to shoot before they would start shooting it to make oh, sure wow, that, cool. that that it was that accurate. And that is one of the most accurate ones and one of one of my most favorite. That's probably my my second favorite right after from Russia with Love. So um, that's cool. Yeah. Like so that. the early ones are very accurate. You can uh, read the book, watch the movie, and basically get the same mm-hmm. story, with the exception of a few set pieces that would have been too expensive to do uh, imagine, in, yeah. in film at the time. Like in Doctor No, the very first one, there's supposed to be um, a, a sort of underwater battle between Bond and an octopus. Uh, that that nearly drowns him, and uh, he, I would have paid money to see a sixties octopus fight. <laughs> yeah, it would have been fantastic. I would have paid money to see that shit. Yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. Was it at least Sean an ill-tempered octopus? It was. Octopus? A, it was an ill-tempered octopus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. My number three is blue. Somebody got coronavirus. Uh, yeah, it's only uh, COVID eighteen, so it hasn't. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, you got you're, you're one COVID short. Yeah. You're one COVID short. Yeah. All right. So I, uh, my number. This is gonna be my. I talked to my wife, and my wife was like, "Look, I don't know that. You, that's a smart move putting this." At person on your list but i feel like this person is is a literary hero uh so my number four i'm sorry my number three is uh beatrix uh, lestrange bellatrix bellatrix i'm sorry bellatrix is strange she's a villain Mm, well she killed dobby so that's why i love her so Um, that's why she's a hero to me I mean, I I don't I don't want to argue too much because you're already putting in a lot of effort to do a mountain that you you don't feel 100 percent comfortable no, with. No. <laughs> uh, but she she's a villain, dude. She's not a hero. Uh, but she's my hero. I mean, if that hey, were the she's a goth hero. I mean, that's how I see it. I mean, if that were the case, I could have gone with plenty of you know, villainous characters that that's, that I love. That's on you for not doing that. Were uh, they a hero to you? I think there's a cop out. I don't think there's a cop out. She killed the most annoying character in the series, and that's why you she's mean the my- best. The best character in the series, right? In the movies, you guys, man. All right, all right. Uh, <laughs> I'm fighting the troll. The the. I uh, think it's a fantastic the, pick. The I, my wife was like, I think uh, she hung up on me when I first told her. We were FaceTiming, <laughs> and she hung up on me. And I think yeah. that's a good indication of uh, why we should. Good job. Yeah. yeah, good job. I think that's a fantastic thing. Okay, so uh, she's a great character. I will say she's a no, good she, yeah, villain yeah, because fantastic of, character. She's a great. Thank character. you. We agree. She's a villain. Yeah. <laughs> so we are in agreement that she's a great pick. Hey, that's all. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's great it. character. Great not, character. Great character. Not a great pick. Great character. Great not, yeah. There you see. All right. Good, good. So that's it. Yeah. That's uh, my number three. Hey, you <laughs> can choose to hear what you want to hear, baby. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> so my number three is uh, Bellatrix Lestrange. <laughs> or is it Lestrange? I don't know. I didn't say the movies. You don't even know how to say her fucking name. Yeah, because I I don't know how to because I don't watch the movies. This is all literary, bro. This isn't about movies. Yeah, you so. know what? You're right. It's pronounced Lestrange. Go with that. Yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah. Uh, Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just call her a saint for killing Dobby. That's what I call her. So I don't know. However, you guys want to call her. That's fine. I don't know if you, how you pronounce uh, saint in where you're from. Um, so, anyways, uh, from Harry Potter, and I got to write Harry Potter. It's pronounced troll. Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, 
So our number threes were uh, Professor uh, Wannabe McGonagall. Uh, I was going to say Wannabe uh, uh, Finch. Uh, Finch. Listen, why I keep fucking up his name? Feeney. Feeney. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, then uh, Dave, uh, Dave had James Bond from the 007 series. It is a 007 series, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know if they actually had another name. No, like no. Of the novel. The civil- Either James Bond or 007. Or, All right. Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Bellatrix Lestrange. Uh, from Harry Potter. So those are the yeah. number three. Uh, yeah, I just gotta fucking put number two now. Uh, what? What's happening? Sorry, I had to. Uh, I had to adjust one thing. All right, all right. So those are the number oh, three. Okay. Round two. Dose the sequel to Uno. <laughs> all right, uh, Mike. What's your number two? Oh shit! Yeah, my number two is. Jack. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, it's my turn. Uh, my number two is Jack Motherfucking Reacher. Oh nice, Lee, the, the Lee Child book. Oh dude, this is my I've, Bond. I've never read this is my Bond. the Jack Reacher stuff. So I thought when you said Jack, I was like, he's gonna say Jack Ryan. That's what I thought, and I I was no. so gonna be there with you, and then you said Jack Reacher, and I was like, okay. Right. I like. I would give. I would give the Jack. I've read a couple of the the Tom Clancy books, and they're they're good. I love, I love, I love the movie Hunter Red October. That's yes, one of my favorite movies of all time. Absolutely. But, but the, like from my mountain, like I remember watching Jack Reacher the movie and being like, why is this not getting more attention? This is a super fun. Like it's not meant to be. Like it's 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 guy fun. It's like a guy. It's like it's like a, the, like what well, you were talking about the like the man's man books. Like mm-hmm. they're just like enjoyable. This. This is one of those things that I'm talking about. There's another one that's a much more obscure one uh, by Matthew Riley about uh, this guy Schofield. But there's a this he's like you know the story in the books he's it's it's funny because they got Tom Cruise to do it. But in the books he's like six six. He's like this big giant. You want you want to you want to hear something side, uh, uh, Mike? What? Uh, You know who was supposed to play Jack Reacher? Who? The Rock. The Rock was in Ooh. talks. The Rock was in talks to play Jack Reacher, and when, I don't know if he could have pulled it off. And when Tom Cruise found out, he pulled his "I'm Tom Cruise" card out, <clears throat> and yeah, yeah, yeah. they went with him because you know. And this is because he's Tom Cruise. Not only is he Tom Cruise, The Rock wasn't The Rock yet. The Rock had done like one movie oh. or two. Like he wasn't. This was. Yes, yeah. This was. This wasn't. This was right before he. Like pre Fast and the Furious, like pre Fast and like it was like he was still the Rock, but not, he wasn't. It was like right after Be Cool, mm-hmm. it was a whole thing. So it, it, it um, he had the Tooth Fairy under his belt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so it was. So then Tom Cruise came in and took it, and yeah. uh, and they only did two movies because the second movie didn't do well in in theaters. Mm-hmm. And the no. writer of the book uh, has said because they're doing a TV series, you are aware of that, right, Mike? Yes, 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 yes. So they're going to do a TV series. And he said, while he gave a lot of credit to Tom Cruise, he says, the fans are right. We do need somebody who is physically more imposing. Yeah. It's supposed to be, yeah, you know. He- well, the thing about the books is that he is this. So they, they're also, like, like some of the stories are set pre, or, like, when they were written were, like, you know, they're a little older, like, in the 90s. And, and it's got, like, this post-Cold War vibe. And it's it's like what happens when this like super soldier you know military guy comes home and um, 
there's one called that the, the, what my favorite one. Oh God, what? Where's the? Where is it? I have it here. Um, oh God, it's about like white supremacists and what the fuck is the name of the book? Uh, um, the Art of the Deal. Wire. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Uh, I'll find it. I'll find it when when you guys are talking. But the, uh, but the day. but the um. Nice. All right, we need to, that's enough of those. <laughs> um, Stop setting me up no, but, for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but the idea of like um, this guy who's incredibly well trained, just um, just like uh, like a perfect sharpshooter, the perfect um, uh, like military investigator. He was a military policeman, so basically, like. That he was even kind of uh, against like the like the regular enlisted people don't like the military police, so he he was like enemies on all sides that kind of shit. And then he comes to the United States and it becomes the, like he comes home. He was like raised on bases all over the world. He's never really kind of been in America. Like the line in the movie where he's like, you know, I've lived, uh, you know, I've spent my entire life defending it, you know, like, and I've never lived, you know, I've never lived here. So then he starts exploring it. And then so he's just like, no, it's almost like Kung Fu, the show Kung Fu, mm-hmm. where it's just a guy wandering the West, you know, fighting bad guys and, and kicking ass and shit like that. Like, it's a very similar feeling, except this guy's like, um, like just a super military mind. And he's, he's, yeah, it's just, it's just really super solid. He's supposed to be this physically imposing guy. He hooks, there's always a girl in the, in the, in the story. So it's like um, there's there's that, that element of the bond, you know, that bond esque thing. Right. Um, there's the um, the fact that he's also like very physically imposing and strategic when he fights. Like that whole scene where in the movie where he's like this guy, this, this guy's. You, it's not five versus one. It's three versus one. The leader is going to do something, and then I'm going to fucking take him out, and then two people are going to take off running, and then I got to wipe up two of you. Like that is super in the book. Like his mind breaking things down is super is, is like very well played in the book, and very well written in the book. And then also the writing style that Lee Child puts into it is very easy to read. I want I don't. It's not lofty reading. It's very straightforward. Even though there's a lot of like military stuff in it and and things like that, it's very fast paced. And you get a good feel for everything, and it and you always feel like it doesn't drag. I hate when like you're reading a book and you're just like, when's it gonna get to the good part? You know, like it's always like bouncing around. It's always doing something, and it's it's super solid. Nice. And I'm trying to. I think it's is it Killing Floor. I like the I like the yeah, line yeah. I like the line in, from the movie where he was talking to the cop. And he says, oh, and the cop asks him, what does a military police do? And he goes, basically the same thing you do, except that yeah, in my yeah. case, uh, I know that every all my suspects are trained killers. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Ooh. Say that again. Say that shit again slower. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. He's the, uh, well, and then when he's like, when he's like what's, the, what's the date on the quarter? What's the date on, what's the serial number? Like, that shit is in the book. Like, so the book, the, my favorite one of the Jack Reacher books is, is a book called Die Trying. And it's where he like witnesses uh, like this weird street crime thing, and he gets kind of caught up in it. Of course, you know some serendipitous, like the guy who just happens to get the innocent bystander just happens to be Jack Reacher, a just badass trained military guy. But one of the ways he keeps tra- track of time is by the length of song. 
So he starts singing songs, and I had seen Hudson Hawk, and I'm like, this is familiar. And uh, and he, that's like like he he has a lot of like stuff memorized, and there's a stuff in his brain, and he uses it like in an interesting way. And the way it's written makes it so that he can like so like okay, so he's looking out a hole in the roof of this truck, and he can see certain things, and then he gets uh, like like it's total bullshit, but it's a hundred percent like great reading you know it's like oh yeah yeah give me that super spy bullshit give it to me you know that's and, all and it needs American. to be though yeah and it came out in 1998 that one came out in 1998 and it's all about like how there's a white supremacist compound and they're forming their own militia and all this stuff and it was pretty prescient you know like like this like if you look back like considering like what's going on now like that 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 book is great that's trying i highly recommend if you can get if you can if you know what you're getting into and it's just like a fun fucked up like military guy it's a it's a, like a, a man adventure it's it's so fucking fun and that character is super solid throughout the series of like he's like bond he's like american bond right you know that'll be that day <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you what there's a scene in that book with uh, where he has to go through like a claustrophobic space where he has to like fit through this like crack in the in the wall to get out from like like where he's escaped and and the way that it's written, like I was short of breath reading it. That's how that's how like engaged the like engrossing the writing is. Like like it's so like it catches you and you just keep going. Like it's like fuck. And I, it was it was it's really well done. Lee Child doesn't really write them anymore. He's got other people that write it for him now, so the newer books feel a little different. But mm. um, but are they but are they, I, I are the they writing in his style? Yeah, that's okay. what they're trying to you know like you know like anything. It's like, it's like this person it's like when you read a star wars novel and they're writing a character and you're like well okay you know like <laughs> or you know that kind of thing right that's what it feels like. All right, Dave. Uh, so my number two pick is the only one that is from like a, I, I would say like a classic work of fiction. And uh, it's Emma Bovary from a novel called Madame Bovary by Gustave Flaubert. And uh, that one. classic. <laughs> um, I've heard the name Madame Bover, but I don't, I don't know it. Yeah, this is always on those lists of like the the greatest novels of all time, and I had never really come around to it. Um, I, for starters, I had never really read uh, anything by Flaubert, even though I had heard he was a fantastic novelist, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, it just it didn't interest me uh, the story of uh, a woman in uh, 19th century France um, just kind of figuring out her own life to me didn't sound fascinating and then I had to read it for a class and boy was I fucking wrong uh, really yeah for starters the the story itself is incredible but then being in the mind of Emma is uh and i don't know if uh, a woman would need to read this and tell me if if it's the case but i felt like i was in the mind of a woman and it was written by a man and she is this i gotta just from somebody who's never i I could just imagine women who've never read the book hearing that statement you're like oh fuck off like i just you gotta just that's that's, i know i know i know i know i'm not saying but you're i know you sir i know you're not saying it to be insulting but i'm just saying if i'm if i'm a listener who's never read the the bovary books and and you saying you as a man saying that like that's like you know, fuck it. Oh, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. 
Christ, thank God. Yeah, so I, um, it was it was the very first time that I ever read something like that where I, I felt like I had left my own consciousness, and I was I was Emma, and I was experiencing the things that she was going through, and she's uh she's a hopeless romantic living in in 19th century france where women really are just supposed to be uh you know trophy wives and she marries a a well-to-do doctor and by all accounts she should be happy this guy marries her because she has this incredible imagination and she wants to see the world and she wants to do these fantastic things he likes that she's different but then he doesn't provide that sort of life for her they're kind of just shut up in their house all the time. And so little by little, she kind of spirals into these periods of depression. And uh, she's clearly suffering from uh, either, you know, uh, she's either manic depressive or has bipolar mm-hmm. disorder, something. Uh, and then little by little, she starts finding ways to make her life exciting because she can't find it in her husband. She can't find it in, uh, in her child. And uh, she has a child. <laughs> I have a child. Um, so she she finds it in other lovers, and though she's obviously doing something uh-huh. wrong, it's a horny book. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Though she's obviously okay. doing something wrong, you kind of sympathize with her too because her husband is kind well, of. It's a French character. And her name is Madame Bo. Yeah, it's a fucking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're gonna go. Ahead. Her her husband is kind it's of pigeonholed her into this life, where you know I, she felt like she was promised something and then it's not there. Uh, and so it, it's it, his fault. She's fucking around on him. No, it's it, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's. I'm just. I'm just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not excusing it, but you can. Uh, you can totally understand. She's she's such a tragic character, and by by the end of the novel, I I was like, I was crying, because I I totally felt for this woman, and I felt for her husband who didn't deserve any of this stuff that uh, that she was doing, uh, not directly to hurt him, uh, but it was. It's it's such an incredibly powerful and moving book, and she is such an engrossing character. And uh, I like the fact that she's flawed. She's not perfect. She's not she's not Lizzie, right? At all. Right, right. Uh, mm. But she she has a lot of the same notions. But she uh, she's not as pure of heart, and and she she starts losing the. Um, I guess that barrier between dream and reality and will do anything to make her dream a reality despite or, or sometimes even in spite of what the uh, what the consequences will be. So she's more like Deadpool than Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you want to go that way. Wait. <laughs> Just a callback to what we previously talked about. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Solid. So, uh, yeah. Madame Bovary, that's a good thing. That's yeah, and the, uh, I would say that it is the best written book I've ever read. Um, it's uh, the the language is absolutely beautiful. Uh, if you are looking for something to to read, to knock your soft sock uh, your socks off. Um, in a uh, in a sort of grammatical and and uh, and verbal sense, this is something that that you'd want to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, my uh, number two 
uh, this is a very big toss up for me because I'm, I'm I love these both these characters, my number one and my number two. Uh, but uh, my number two is uh, Dorothy Gale from oh. uh, L. Frank's Baum's uh, Oz no- uh, series of books. He wrote 14 Oz novels. Uh, the Wizard of Oz was just the first one, and uh, I've read the first three. Is I, fi- I figured I'm, that she would be on yeah. here because you mentioned that that you've read. Uh, I've read the first three of books of the series, and I should go back and I should go back and reread them all because it's been a few years since I've read either one of them. Uh, but I should go back. And I read remember them all. when you, I remember when we started recording, we were talking about books and stuff like that, and you were like, "Oh, I don't read, I don't read," and then you started reading those books, and you were like, "Bro," and you were super into them. For well, a while. you know what got me into it is is uh, watching the powerful uh, the. Uh, Oz, the, the great, powerful, the mighty, powerful, the fucking the great, and powerful. Oz. Yeah, with uh, James Franco, because I wanted to know what happens next. Even though it wasn't the greatest uh, movie, I wanted to know what happens next because it left it open for for a sequel. And then I started reading about the book. I started reading about that movie because I was wondering: is this tied in with uh, Wicked, the Broadway play right. that takes a different look into? into yeah. uh, Dorothy that, and then I read that it doesn't have anything to do, anything to do with Wicked but it has to do with the with the characters based on the original novel which has 14 books and that number threw me the fuck off I was like there's 14 fucking of these yeah. books and then I started so I read the first three uh, my first the first and the and the second are, are phenomenal the third one really focuses on like on a minor character uh, character that you meet in, in the second book so it took me a while to realize that because I, I, I bought the whole collection and mm-hmm. In my e-reader, mm-hmm. and it took me a while to realize that I was already in the book. I was like, "Wait, are we still?" T-? I thought this was like a, one of those, like, "Oh, I created a, like it's just like a." I thought it was like a short miniseries, or right. something. and it was like a fucking third book. And I was like, "Wait, is this the fucking third book? The whole book is about this fucking guy? <laughs> like, it's a beetle? Like, it's about a beetle that we fucking meet in 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 the second book? Like, I'm like, why the fuck are we doing? What? Where's? Give me the fucking other characters. <laughs> uh, and so, um, so I want to go back and, and read the first uh, two definitely, and then you know go on after that. But I, I love her. I love Dorothy. Um, the whole the whole thing about being lost and the whole thing about you know capturing something and being want, wanting more. And I, I just I everything about her. She was a baller, dude. And then uh, it more so because I gravitate towards knowing the history of the filmmaking of that movie mm-hmm. and what they fucking did to Judy Garland and the others. So like, there's a whole mm-hmm. other tragic thing that I love right. to it. But uh, on her own, Dorothy as a character is baller, and uh, and and I like the fact that she, as a little girl, was like, "I'm gonna take, uh, I'm gonna go on this journey and pick up these crazy characters on my way to." Get, get whatever the fuck I want. She's pure. Yeah, she's pure. Uh, and I like uh, at the end, I do know this much, even though it's a spoiler because I haven't read all 14 books. I do know that she, eventually she gets her own apartment in Emerald City uh, hmm. and th- that the princess does give, uh, make her, the queen, I'm sorry, makes her a princess. Uh, so I, eventually, so I know that because I fucking I've re, you know I've read Wikipedia. Wikipedia, uh, yeah. but uh, but it's uh, I want to get I want to get to to find out how, how that how that uh, how that came about. So yeah, pretty cool. So that's my number two. Nice. I I called this oh. one for you. And pretty much figured this would be on here. All right. So number. So that's my. So the number twos. Number two are uh, Jack Reacher. From the Reacher books, uh, Lee Child's Reacher books, uh, Emma uh, Bovary from the Mad- is it Madame Bovary? Uh, yeah, it's just one book, Madame Bovary. Madame Bovary, okay. And then uh, Dorothy Gale from L. Frank Baum's uh, Oz series. Again, fourteen of those motherfuckers. <laughs> um, all right, uh, honorable mentions. 
Oh, uh, my honorable mentions. Well, obviously, I, I had to pick something from Lord of the Rings because I love Lord of the Rings. But uh, Samwise Gamgee, the true hero of Lord of the Rings. Yes, uh, absolutely. And then al- also the vampire Lestat from the the, the Anne Rice book. Okay, mm. right, so can I just tell you? Can I just tell you those? Anne Rice books were totally ruined for me because I was in a very volatile relationship with another person, with another, with a woman, with a girl. Uh, we were young at that age, so I could say that mm-hmm. uh, with a girl. Um, uh, with a child, I was in a relationship with a child. Well, she, we were both children, oh, no. but she uh, she was abusive and the whole thing. Uh, yeah. But she absolutely loved those books so much. She loved uh, Interview with the Vampire. Yeah. She read all the Anne Rice mm-hmm. books. She read like it just not that not only the Queen Vampire the Chronicles, but yeah. the, all of them. She read all of them, and then the Queen of the Dam came out the movie, and she was not happy because apparently they combined two books into one movie, yeah. and she was not thrilled with that. And so it's this whole thing like you know when fucking you're dating somebody who is excessively talks uh, enough shit that you go oh, you kind of start knowing some things or whatever. Right. Uh, but right. because my memories of that time, not only her, but my that time period of my life, that, that I just don't want. I'm like, ugh. I'm like, eh. like I'm not one of those guys. I was like, oh, I wish it never happened because it, you know, I, I get it. It makes you who uh, who you are and all that bullshit. But I'm just like, ah. Uh. So when I just associate, it's like word association. Right, right. It's like Anne Rice, Vampire Chronicles. I'm like, oh fuck. I just it's one of those things. It's like like if like if uh Mike, like if I told you, hey, sprinkles oh. cupcakes, you'd be like, oh fuck. Immediately <laughs> you go to a certain <laughs> place. <laughs> well, I, I mean, enough time has gone by. I'll tell you what. I have had music ruined. But like that, yeah. Like, like, uh, like for sure. There's like I was talking about it with uh, with my girlfriend that she was because she we both we were talking about music and then I was like, yeah, I've had stuff ruined by exes, and then we just went through and listened to them again, like like to see which ones would really affect us. And I was like, oh, it's better now. I'm okay with the song. That's yeah, a I like very the song risky now. fucking experiment you went through there, Mike. So <laughs> fucking very hey. risky. sit there and fucking start thinking I, about an ex in front of your girl. Holy shit. I'm a man. I'm a man. Well, because I wasn't thinking about the ex. I was thinking about the music. I'm like, oh, it sucks that I've had stuff ruined for me. And they're like, well, listen to it. Does it still bother you? And then I listen to it and I'm like, not really. It doesn't like I, I, can, I, I think I've like enough time has passed for certain things. I, I, I imagine that like. I don't. I don't have the same attachment to the Vampire Lestat books that you do, the Anne Rice books that you do, um, because my, also my like experience wasn't as I guess impactful or traumatic. You know, it's just it was just someone I was dating at the time who was shitty. You know, not not nowhere nearly as what I would call an abusive relationship. So maybe you have like deeper emotions tied to it. No, it's not even that. It's just it's like it's like you go. Eh, I don't want to think about that. Like, I don't want that again. Like they immediately, it's just, mm. they just word association. Yeah, it's like somebody says guess, Vampire Chronicles. You go, oh yeah, that that chick. Mm. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's more of like a novelty. It's like, oh yeah, I remember when that happened. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got the Vampire Chronicles. You got the Vampire Chronicles. What else you got? Or last time. Uh, Samwise Gamgee. Samwise Gamgee. And uh, there was, um, uh, I was gonna say Jack Ryan. Honorable mention for for the Hunt Road October alone. And then also um, Robert Langdon from the Dan Brown book. Like the, oh, he's the, a great character. Yeah, I really like, I like, when I read the Da Vinci Code, I was like, oh, this is a fun, this is a fun book. This is, this is fine. You know, and, and I really like the idea of how he included like symbolism. I don't read novels expecting them to be 100% based in fact, though. So like for me, it was fine. I know people that got really into the books or people they hated the books because they're like, hey, it's all bullshit. I'm like, <laughs> hey, man. I I also <coughs> love movies where people have laser swords. And, wait, wait, you know, wait, like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Are you fucking trying to tell me 
that these monkeys couldn't fly? Yeah, are, you yeah, fuck, yeah. are you trying to tell me this? Some shit's happening here. Chris, some guy came up with that in his mind. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, but that's that. Uh, but I love the uh, look. I read, I read all of those fucking books. I, I even read uh, the other Dan Brown books, like Deception Point and all that stuff. Dan Brown, I read all of his stuff because it's fun. It's fun and easy to read. Like it's like watching a good. Uh, it's like it's like binge watching an easy. Sh- it's like watching an easy show, and you can binge a whole bunch of it at once. It's like that. So I read Deception Point. I've read all of the Langdon books, and I've read. Oh, what was the other one about the uh, uh, the, the the computers, the Digital Fortress? Yeah, they're they're all they're all fun. They're all fun and goofy, fun fun reads, you know. Okay. And um, and uh, the, yeah, those, so so that one too. That's an honorable mention. Dave, what do nice. you got? Um, do you want to do the the ones on on the Facebook? Sure. Oh, I uh, Vivian Vega on my Facebook put uh, Shane Ryan from Berkeley Saint series. I guess that's a thing. Berkeley Street or Berkeley Saint? It's Berkeley St. I don't know which. That's probably Berkeley Street. Okay, maybe. Um, it's a supernatural horror genre. She puts uh, from uh, Ron Ripley. Uh, then Jack Ryder from the uh, Ryder Mystery series. Uh, and that's it. She said she'll be back with more. And I'm like, all right, well, um, Q, uh, from, uh, from, uh, the, our geek bro family put, uh, Daryl from red rising series, uh, Atticus from to kill the mockingbird, uh, mm-hmm. Harry Potter. Uh, she didn't put what book that's from, so I don't know who, what she oh, yeah. Who knows? Uh, who knows? <laughs> and, uh, Edmund Dante, uh, he feeds her pettiness is what she says. Edmund uh, Dante's from the Count of Monte Cristo. I don't know. That's she just. I don't. I that's mean, that's a great character. Too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love the movie with Henry Cavill. That was a good one. Yeah, that's a great yeah, movie. That's actually. A fucking fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I just don't. I don't. Um, Chad Valdez put uh, Raceline Major Majorer Major. Dave, yeah, I'm looking at it. Uh, Raceland Majeri. Uh, so he's, he's yeah, got. Uh, at it. Uh, <laughs> he's got. He's got a. He's got a statue. Yeah, that's it. He's just got one. I like when people only give one. I'm like, when you look at when you look at Mount Rushmore, <laughs> do you just like focus on one face? Like he's like that's just Chad. You you've known this long enough. <laughs> yeah, you know this. Uh, Daniel Converse also has a. Uh, he has not only a statue but a question yeah, to his statue. Harry Potter. <laughs> like that, he put a question mark at the end, and we're like, "All right, I don't know if he's sure." Uh, John Evans has James Bond, uh, nice. Clinton Skink Tyree from uh, he's a Carl Heisen 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 character. I don't know what the fuck that means. Um, Brian Robertson 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 not Robertson is it Robson Robson maybe I don't know. Uh, he survived. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I've never. Heard. I don't either. I don't. I, know don't, this I have, don't. Uh, he survived the Canadian wilderness with just a hatchet, and is an all oh, around badass. Hatchet. Yeah, I read to read that in school. The hatchet. You never had to read that in school. No, no that's, a, that's a horror. Like that's a horror series film that 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 that, that we've seen for. So for, glad you so, remember that. Of course. How can I forget? No, that? <laughs> I'm still trying to forget. Yeah, he wasn't no, using a, a hatchet. A book, yeah. He used an axe. <laughs> um, Andrew Ender Wigan. Uh, Ender's game, yeah. Yeah, Ender's game. Um, I got to be honest with you. I I did. I started uh, reading Ender's uh, Ender's game before the the movie. 
and uh yeah. and i was like okay there's a little it's, it's just a bit too much to take in as far as all the nurture i was like i don't know what do this shit all right um i i guess i never got into ender's game because i found out what uh a horrible bigot um uh, or yeah, some Scott Card is before I read the book, oh. so yeah. it's it's not like for me, uh, like you, you can't separate. I can't separate it. Like H.P. Lovecraft, I I read his stuff and fell in love with his his literature well before I found out that he was a bigot. <laughs> so yeah. so I, I I can separate it for him, but I can't for Orson Scott. Card. I understand where you're coming from, bro. I, I fucking I like Michael Jackson's music. I don't yeah, know. There I, you go. I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rick Corso, a fellow comedian, friend of mine, uh, he said, uh, Chili Palmer from the Get Shorty book. Uh, I didn't know that was a book until he I have to read it. Yeah. Until he yeah, said it, and I was great. like, what the fuck? Uh, Chili Palmer, uh, Howard Rourke from The Fountainhead. Classic. Uh, classic. Uh, that's what I said. Uh, I thought you would know it, though. Uh, holding. <laughs> I, I just said it's a classic. So that's what you say when you don't know. You're that, like, ah, it's classic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, no. That- <laughs> so the running joke for those listeners who haven't, uh, because I said this like episode two of the podcast and haven't said it, haven't explained it since. Um, I used to be, I, they used to have me as a guest in, uh, on a local radio station down here in Miami quite frequently. And the radio station is the, the morning show is phenomenal. It's fantastic. And I loved it. Had a great time, but it's a, it's a classic rock station. So on occasion they will get into conversations slash debates about classic rock you know, mythos, uh, best Uh guitarist, best band. And they started, Uh they would start rattling off not only names of bands that I, I either a never heard of or B heard of, but never heard their music, but they would also rattle off like albums and this and that. And I, and, and then I would always be like, yeah, classic. Like, and I just found out very early on that if I just say classic in that tone, they can't (laughs) distinguish the fact that I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And I didn't sound like an idiot on air. So I would, they would literally be like, what about blah, 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 you know, on his Fender and fucking 19? I'm like, yeah, it's classic, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, are you kidding me? So that would be the thing. So I, we said this literally episode like one or two of Geekmore. We're now at episode 111 and we have yet to repeat this. So now I'm repeating it now just for the maybe listeners who didn't get to listen to episode one or two. But that's what I've met. These last three years, when I go classic, is like I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, dude. I'm just gonna go with what you're saying. Yeah, the the Fountainhead, however, is a classic classic. of uh, yeah uh, science fiction. Uh, It's a it's an Ayn Rand novel, so you know what you're getting. It's you know gonna be a little bit of uh, you know political propaganda in there, but it's it's really good. Classic. Classic. (laughs) (laughs) It's like when you and I watched what movie was it that you and I watched? The True Romance. No, no, not you. Not not no. I'm talking to Dave. the movie with uh, I love true romance with, with Roddy Piper, uh, they live. Oh, they live. <laughs> and they live, he was yeah. like, he was it, like, like, a, like halfway through the movie, Dave's like, uh, I feel like he has a political agenda here. The director, we're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not fucking hiding it. Like, there's no, <laughs> like, there's, <laughs> like, you know what you're getting with this guy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Howard Rourke, uh, the Fountainhead, uh, Holden uh, Caulfield, uh, Catcher in the Rye. I'm surprised that this is the only person who put Holden Caulfield. Yeah, yeah. He's also of a certain age, Rick. Okay. Mm. Where I feel as if nowadays uh, the market has been filled with YA novels. Uh, And he was in, like, this is, like, he's of a certain age where he's a little older. Yeah. A lot. And, um, (laughs) 
yeah, that's why I, I feel that that's why he there's not not more. I'm actually surprised that we had that Q talked about uh, Killer Mockingbird because mm. again, from that certain age, you know what I mean. Right. That's right. A, that's a pick that I expect either people of a certain age or. Uh, people of a certain David to fucking say that. those are the two uh, and then Rick's last pick is Sherlock Holmes uh, Jemiah put uh, Sam Fisher Ooh. from Splinter Cell Jack Ryan from Tom Clancy novels It from the It books uh, and Alex Cross so honorable mentions uh, he likes a certain type of book I guess uh, honorable mentions to Christine from Christine uh, the book is way better than the movie. The movie was pretty fucking awesome, so I don't... All right. Yeah. Uh, and Humphrey Van Waden uh, from Seawolf. Waden? Well, you know, I was going to put Stephen King on my mountain of honorable mentions because there's just so much, like... Yeah, Stephen just the King author? You're just going to put the author? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was such a coked-out fucking weirdo that he wrote so many goddamn things that there's just too... There's, like, there's just so much shit out there that has his name on it and and like not all of it's good but some of it is like you want to talk about um, <laughs> some of it is great some of it is, some of it is some great of it's great and then but others, like, you think you know. of, man i like i've seen people who like when they do coke they do not write you know numerous novels they just are assholes so like good on stephen king for being productive while right. being coked up but also <laughs> like asshole. you want to like, you want to you want to laugh there's an episode of family guy where um, Brian discovers, I believe it's either coke or ecstasy, and mm. then he starts writing, and like yeah, he, yeah, he feels yeah. like it's great because he can write so much, and then he takes his book to R. R. Martin, uh, George George R. Martin, I'm sorry, and George he, R. R. Yeah. At, at a convention, and he goes and he goes, so what do you think? And he like built like sets to like to fucking describe what's happening, and he goes, it's awful. <laughs> It's awful. And he goes, what do you mean it's awful? And he goes, I, I wrote it. He goes, yeah, you just, you, you got cooked up and you did fucking Adderall or whatever the fuck. And then, you, and he goes, you can tell? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, yeah, just because you write a lot doesn't mean any of it is good. And that's, it just it reminded me of what you just said about fucking, uh, about this guy. But he did write uh, The Green Mile. So, I mean, this fucking Green Mile. greatness, dude. Yeah. Shawshank. Shawshank, Shawshank, Shawshank yeah, yeah. dude. Come on, Shawshank. man. Shawshank. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's so much good, and uh, like, and even and then there's you know, Cujo. Like the stand, <laughs> yeah. The, but who knows? I've never read the book Cujo. Like, I've never even seen the movie. I got to be honest with you. I've never even seen the movie. I've uh, seen highly overrated. I've real, seen bits and pieces it's real of it. 70s. But it's you know, Christine was yeah. a good movie though. I enjoyed. No, I, 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 but now you're talking about John Carpenter. Oh, so. okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what the difference. But anyway, yeah. okay. but anyway, 100%. yeah. I just, I just think. Stephen King dessert because there's some like you know for like. So what, what are like, your honorable mentions, guns? Dave? Uh, my honorable mentions are uh, Gandalf the Grey. Uh, mm-hmm. That's one that I, I struggled with because I really wanted to put him on the mountain. The Grey, not the White. Uh, well, sure, the White. You know, no, whatever. No, 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 two different characters now. Um, Bertie Wooster from the P.G. Woodhouse series uh, of Jeeves books. Of course. Uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, yeah, classic, right? Classic. Uh, George Smiley from the um, uh, from the, the Smiley series. Uh, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy. Of course. Okay. Yeah. You know Tinker Taylor. Yeah, well, I know, Spy. I know. But the Smiley series, that's all you had to say. I, yeah. I, I, I wasn't going to say the Frowny series. <laughs> that would be crazy. Good Lord. It's uh, not the Frowny series. It's a Smiley series. Horton the Elephant. <laughs> I, I is, dude, I thought we talked about this before. Fantastic character. I love the Lorax. Legit love yeah. the Lorax because mm-hmm. of all the shit that he teaches about, you know, the environment and and I'm not a tree hugger, 
yeah. he was literally a tree hugger. I'm right. not a tree hugger, mm-hmm. uh, but even that, but he, I could separate the two and be like, no, that's a good lesson. Well, he was a tree speaker. He he speaks for the trees. Right. He uh, speaks for the trees. Right. He's the Laura. He um, and uh, let's go, uh, Don Quixote de la Mancha. Don't. Ooh, interesting. Rock interesting. Yeah, I've got more people written down, but I'll just go with those five. Okay. Uh, my honorable mentions are uh, Ulysses or uh, or um, what's the other pronunciation? Because it goes by um, uh, from uh, Homer's Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, Ulysses. Yeah, Ulysses. Uh, but there's another one. Is because it's, like, it's like the whole Greek translation. There's, anyways, whatever. It's fine. Uh, a Mog- uh, Mowgli from. Uh, Mowgli from uh, the, the Jungle, Jungle Book. Book. Yeah, uh, I've actually read Kimberly's nice. Jungle Book. Uh, it's funny. My wife, who was supposed to be on this podcast, she she's like, I don't have a mountain, and she was too busy working. She literally just texted me, "Damn it, I just made my mountain," which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, so uh, those are my honorable mentions. That's it. Nice. Noise. Mm-hmm. Solid. Uh, so my wife says the Lorax, the Giving Tree, Winnie the Pooh, and uh, Hermione. That's a great mountain, man. I, you know, I really wish that she would have been here I'm, to, to yeah. record. I, Which, wait, wait, what, what was her mountain? I heard, I, I didn't hear the first. What is it? The Lorax, the and Hermione. Yeah, the Lorax, the, Lorax. the Giving Tree, Winnie the Pooh, and Hermione. Oh, the Giving Tree. The Giving Tree. That's a tough such, one. A such a fucking yeah. deep, deep, deep fucking book. Silverstein manages to be <laughs> equally yeah. as good an artist as he is a writer. And if we would have done a list of authors also, I would have thrown Dr. Seuss in there because, yeah, he was kind of an asshole, but all the stuff he did anti-Nazis oh, was, yeah. ba- like, fucking ballsy. Like, he was straight up, like, calling out the America First people in ni- in the 1930s, like, that they were rooting for the Nazis. Like, he w- it was, like, fucking badass. He was, yeah. he was kind of a bad person, but, like, fucking A. That was that was hardcore, and li- like all of the books. Just really, because you're you know, a bad like, guy doesn't mean you're a bad guy. <laughs> make you a bad guy. <laughs> you crush uh, enemy's head like like spell between thighs. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Angus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thanks, Satan. Uh, it's Satine. Um yeah. All right, so those are my honorable mentions. Let's do it. Uh, let's see what Rock is we're moving on. Round one. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. Do it. Do it. Come on. Come on. All right. Uh, Mike, what's your number one? I'm going to go with uh, Parzival from Ready Player One. Oh, that's a great pick. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. see, this is another one. I started reading this book before the movie came out. And the, in preparation and for the movie, it? and then before no, I didn't. I didn't get to finish it because it was one of these things where the movie was coming out like a week later. I did, I couldn't finish the book. In oh, a week. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, but my point yeah, is, I got like I, I got through like I think chapter nine, nine or ten, something like that. And it, the, I liked the book a lot. The only thing that I had trouble with the book is the like I just there was no way I believe uh, Mike. Remember when you and I talked about uh, the what's the nerd the, the nerd show the. Um, Oh, uh, Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory, mm-hmm. and remember, we yeah. both had a we both had an issue with this with this show where we were like, it's impossible for them to be this knowledgeable about everything. Like right. it's crazy. Like it's not just everything in the geek 
world. It's everything in the real world and fucking quantum physics. And like you have all of this knowledge. Like how do you have time to cram in everything about everything? And that's yeah. how I felt about Percival reading the book. I was like, you can't, there's not enough. He's a child. It's not like he's 50 well, and like I've had 50 years to be able to accumulate all this. Not like it's like he watched every episode of every TV show ever made in those yep. 10 years. He played every video and game. An answer for you. And, and I'm just like, I don't, how the fuck? I, I just, it was, I kind of lost my suspension of disbelief a bit. But again, I didn't yeah. finish the book, so I can't really fuck I also have an answer for you because what it happens is that it, it basically presses everything by saying that there's already this world that exists called the Oasis, this like online world where everybody goes to. And it was created by this one guy. And then he, when he dies, that sets off this like the egg hunt. You know, like this no, no, I, I understand. I'm just right. saying, like, that, I don't believe that he would be so not like every song, every movie, yeah. every TV show, think, every well, book. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But what I'm saying is that I don't think that you, I don't think you may be connected with the idea of the obsessive nature of the nerd. You know, like that yeah. of him, the obsessive nature of like later in the book when it starts talking about the um, the missing millions of the like the the people like who just shelter themselves in their house and they just disappear and disassociate from society and choose to live their entire life in the oasis you know like it talks about like that obsessiveness now the book has its problems it's not a perfect book you know like uh ernest klein there's a lot of like real neck beardy shit in it and also like some unrealistic stuff about him being overweight and this like just like having a fat kid be the the hero of the story when it talks about how hungry they always are. And he has to climb on the scaffolding. I'm like, the fat kid can't do that. Come on. And like, like I was a fat kid. I know. I, I am well, a fat to, kid. I to, know. To be fair, he, he doesn't He doesn't really become seriously overweight until he's got the money to have his own apartment. And he just no, basically eats Cheetos gotta, all the time. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. He is listed. He, they show him as being like they talk about him being overweight from the beginning. And he always goes down to the van that's in the that's in like the car pile of the scaffolding of the the uh-huh. facts, you know. They show they talk about how he has to climb up and down, and he has that friend, the the the, the old lady, I forget her name right now, Mrs. Gilmore. But um, yes. Yeah. Now, for me, the the reason why I love the, the the book so much, and I've read it, I read that book, I don't know, maybe about five times, if you include listening to it on audiobook, mm-hmm. um, because there's an element of like myself in that, like the nerd obsessive, you know, like where you have to, you, you know, like you, you become kind of disenfranchised with, or, or like, uh, um, by bullying and you get looked down upon and all that stuff. But then there's also like the fantasy of world of having literally all of pop culture at your fingertips. Like when it talks about the music, when it talks about having the, like think about how much more you could remember the TV shows, if you had a, v- a VR visor and you're like in the world and you can interact with it, you know, right. like, like there's an element of, of when they did the movie that was totally lost, which was that it wasn't necessarily like in the movie, the Oasis felt so fucking tiny. It felt like three different planets and that's it. But in the, in the book, there's an entire world that looks like Robotron, like vector graphics. There's a, yeah. there's an entire world that's like, there's planets for literally everything. It's just about and, as big as you know the the Milky yeah. Way galaxy is, or it's it, like it, whatever. But like it, it's literally, and it became it, like the idea of celebrity, and then the idea of like the fact that there would be a large company coming after him, 
And then he embodies this kind of idea for me of, of someone like overcoming their own nerdity and their like own social awkwardness and stuff like that. And the, the, the way, the way that Ernest Klein talks about the, cause he helped write the screenplay for the movie and they had to like figure other things out. Cause it's like, you can write it. It can be very interesting to read about someone challenging a, a, a demon lich to a video game, <laughs> but to see it on screen would be fucking unbearable to, there's a whole scene where he does a perfect game of Batman, uh, of Pac-Man. Right. You know what I mean? Like you can't fucking show that, but in the book, it actually feels engaged, you know, like it feels real. Like you feel the drama of the pressure of the moment because it is, there is pressure because there's this giant corporation, you know, like on his heel. Yeah. And it's like the simplicity of, you know, they throw a romance in there and that's, that's where it starts to get kind of problematic for me because it's really neck beardy in the way they handle the romance. And the, 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 the girl character and, and all that stuff, like it, it becomes real tropey, but that's not really what the book was like. That's not really what I focused on in the book. It was more about the idea of the, what nostalgia really means. And like, remember, like choosing to remember, remember things in a specific way rather than the way they were and, and all that shit. You know, like that was that, it, like that book really, really, it, it's so satisfying. And then the big giant climactic scene at the end where in the movie it was like the Iron Giant. And then a Gundam, and then the the the, the Mecha Godzilla. But in the mo- in the book, it each and every one of them ha- have a giant wah! robot spaceship battles and yeah. and stuff that I had to look up. Like I wasn't really familiar with the Japanese Spider-Man, mo- you know, ro- big giant robots or yeah. certain Supida-Man. video games that I went back to Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah, and then like certain video games that I I hadn't I'd never played, and then I because of the book i went back and i kind of did something. so it kind of created my own little hunt my own little like easter egg hunt of things that were in the book but not something like that were around that i was never really exposed to and then i got a chance to like revisit these new nostalgia things through that book's version of nostalgia it was, it was it's just like I, it's a very rewarding book i go i go back to i read it i probably read it about once a year you know and yeah. it's, and it's definitely it was the movie was definitely disappointing in a certain, in a lot of ways, but it, it was, you know, it was one of those things where, because I'm used to reading the book after I watched the movie, I was like, ah, this is, this would have been better the other way around, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. But it's, but I love that book. I love the character in the way I interpret it. Not necessarily how it's on paper because there's like a lot of dumb shit that like, I don't necessarily identify with the character in a lot and everything, but I guess that's the whole he's, point. He's a know? really difficult character to identify with. I think it's a lot easier to identify with Artemis than it is to identify with him. It's uh, very true. Because yeah. she's, she's a lot more human. Like he's, he's so uh, obsessed with the robotic. Even. Uh, yeah. That he, he comes off as, as robotic. So I, I kind of get what Neri's saying about it, but then at the same time, I mean, I see my own students sometimes. They'll walk into class, and as they're walking in, like it's clear that they've walked all the way, you know, from the other side of campus. They haven't lifted their eyes from their iPad, and they've been watching. It's called porn. Whatever. Right? <laughs> it's called porn. You know, and, no, and this. The, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Mr. Superman, no porn. But the idea of the obsessive is very real. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. that is a very real thing. The people who, like, even going back to, like, Trekkies, like, you know, uh, you're yeah. a Star Trek guy. Yeah, yeah. You know that those guys, like, will. Yeah, but that's, on again, only one. But that's only one. 
topic. Whatever you right. each one of us is nerdy about, it's one topic. So it, it may be Star Trek, but Star within Star a Trek there dollars, are a trillion dollars at stake. Exactly, dollars. within Star Trek there are books and TV shows and movies, and that in itself Ooh. is like a lot to take in. But it's doable. But to multiply that times everything, music and yeah. every every song, every like I just again that was difficult for me to like really like it could, because it was so like if it was pages and pages of just sometimes it wasn't even a story it was just pages and pages of like we get like if it was slapping his nerd dick on the fucking page and like I, I, I love get that it. aspect of it the, the the nostalgia for me was yeah, part I of the reason that. why why the book worked so much better than the movie and I enjoyed the movie but to a much lesser degree than than the book um i mean to to me that was what what really made that book shine was uh, and and i teach this book in class and and yeah. it, uh, half the David time loves nerd dick. right <laughs> half the time right. it's it's I, me why are we stopping being... stopping the narrative to say all right guys so this is what they're talking about and then i'll play the the music video on uh yep. you know on on the the you know the the board or i'll you know uh show them a clip from the video game or from the movie and it, i i love the nostalgia aspect of this and and i think that the book came out in a perfect time where yeah. we're living That's in a society really where all that stuff is very accessible now so mm-hmm. all these kids that have when, no when would then be now though soon <laughs> <laughs> these these kids are are uh, young kids are living in a time where they can have access to all this stuff right away all they have to do is look up uh robotron and and find out what the fuck that is you know yeah uh you know and, they, they, and that that's that was commentary on that as well because when he, he talks about the fact that at a certain point on like um he had to leave his aunt's house or whatever because he, right. he like leaves the house because he feels he doesn't feel safe there with his uncle, et cetera, et cetera. So he's also got like this rough home life, but he escapes into this sort of like mm-hmm. uh, nostalgia world. But it's the, the whole point of it is that it's not his nostalgia. He's discovering the nostalgia that James Halliday had right. for the world around him because of the, because of the hunt, which then becomes his nostalgia secondhand. This, you know, is, like this is, this is Mrs. Gilmore's nostalgia. Yeah. It's like basically finding your dad's record collection and learning about all these new bands, and you're like, "Oh my god, wow, cool!" You know, yeah. like that, that, like that kind of thing. But to a, I get a it. World it's where like, literally it's like, you know, everything. When Miguel found out about about eighties rock because you know Sensei Johnny told him, "Hey, listen to Journey," you know, so, so oh, I'm the only one that's watched fucking uh, Cobra Kai, uh-huh, all right? Uh-huh. Yeah, whatever. Fine. Uh, all right, so Percival uh, from uh, like Percival from Ready, Ready Player, Player One, one. Uh, Dave. Neri, you want to say what my number one pick is? No, I don't want to say it. Conan the Sumerian. Is it Conan? Yeah. Oh, so bad. Oh, thank you so much. I thought it was going to be that fucking hack, that fucking fuck boy that we were just arguing about on Facebook. Oh, Jay Gatsby? Yeah, I thought it was going to be Jay Gatsby, man. No, no, no. No, no Gatsby sucks. No, I, I don't think Gatsby, Gatsby sucks, but he's, there's no way that he makes my top four. Thank God. I really thought that that was going to be your top four. <laughs> no. and I was like, I thought he was going to be your number one. That's no. why when you go, do you want to say it? I go, no. I don't want to fucking say you're not. Like, no, I, just, I thought I, it was you. clear. I'm wearing a fucking Conan the Barbarian t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> you, we, you and I have actually had conversations about Jay Gatsby prior to even this topic even no, being I, a hand. I, I love him as a character. I love the book. I but, hate him as a character. Yeah. There. And and then and you're, then not, you're fa- not alone. And then on Facebook today, you like were defending all his terrible fucking actions. And I was like, he's talk about a villain. 
Talk about a yeah, villain. He's not a hero. <laughs> that guy is not a fucking hero. And 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 I was like, hey, so, if Bella yeah. if Bellatrix Lestrange can be, uh, all I'm saying is, if he's your hero, <laughs> I'm running you be, you could he could be your hero. I just don't, he just a dick. It can be your hero, baby. <laughs> yeah. He can, I need a he can hero. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So for me, this was the I was writing Jay. Like I literally had written. Oh shit! Yeah, like, I had written Jay. <laughs> like oh, like oh god. All right, this Conan. when when you said literary heroes, uh, I immediately got so excited because this has been uh, probably since the very first time that I remember. This has been my favorite literary hero. So my question to you is this. Uh, uh, the movie, you and I have spoken about the movies because mm-hmm. I was very late to that, to watching Conan for the first time, uh, The Barbarian. Yeah, it was just a couple years ago. Just like a year and a half ago yeah. watching it for the first time. And, and I loved a lot of things about this movie. Mm-hmm. Cinematography. Wait, the, the, the Schwarzenegger one? Yeah. Yeah, you seen the I had not seen it oh, until the, like a what year. Is good in life. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. had not seen. I had yeah, seen yeah. that clip. I had seen that line to crush your yeah, enemies. Yeah, yeah. But that's See like them driven before you and to hear the lamentation of the women. Yeah, but you know you what? Not for nothing. The lamentation of the women. Not for nothing. But the other guy's list was pretty good too, man. It was like riding horses with your hair and went like I know it's fucking good. That was a good list. That was like he. It wasn't nothing bad about that list. And then he fucking Arnold just fucking one up them. I'm like, oh well, yeah. Okay, that is better. But still, the other one is not a bad list. Way to be a one upper, Arnold. Yeah, for real. But um, through you, Conan. So I'm new to the Conan uh, uh, mythos, right? Right. Uh, and then I saw the 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 other one that Jason it was a Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa, which was really good too. I uh, like it. Very underrated because yeah. uh, it, it was. Uh, people was it hated good? It. I never thought people hated it, but it was really good. I, I, yeah. I didn't think it was. It's a Conan movie. I wasn't expecting Shakespeare in a park or anything. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> but. Um, my question to you is about the literary uh, adaptation, the literary, uh, ins- mm-hmm. uh, I guess, the fucking origin, because that's where it started from. Right. Um, how far, because in the movie, he's not really a hero. He's more of an anti-hero. That's kind of how he is in... Um, like, he's a hero the, because of circumstance. Like, I'm just like, I'm here. I might as well save the people who are dying. Um, so, here's the thing. In the end... Uh, there are very few instances when Conan will not put himself first. He will almost always put himself first. Uh, he is... Well, you got to put your mask on before you help the person next to you. <laughs> so that's the <laughs> way... All flown on the plane. We all know how it works. That's, uh, that's American Airlines has taught us anything. It's that. Yeah. And don't <laughs> recline your seat. That, those are the two things that, that they've taught us. Um, so he is um, by... My, from what I can understand, he's a feminist. Right. He will almost never harm a woman, even if they are fighting him to the death. Oh. So, like, he he'll literally just keep like dodging their strikes. Why did you sound so disappointed there? (laughs) (laughs) So that's 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 what one of the things that I think makes him like. (laughs) Very heroic, as opposed to some of the other guys that he encounters in these stories, which are like you know, raping and pillaging and, right. and all this other stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. He is incredibly anti-slavery. Right. Uh, so anytime, well, yeah. anytime that he comes across, uh, he is a, a true a breaker of, of chains. He he is a true breaker of chains. Like he will stop whatever it is that he is doing. Usually to, banging other women. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the. Hey, wait, the wait. Is this laser? You got laser there? 
Hold on, baby. Hold on, baby. Hold on, baby. Hold on. There's slaves. I got to take care of this. He'll fight with a fucking heart on. There's slavery happening. He fights with two swords. In fact, they call him Two Swords Cornet. The second sword was his dick. <laughs> so um yeah I, I i do think that he's a hero uh like he won't go out of his way to hurt anyone but he has uh like a very rigid code of of loyalty and honor and if he feels like you have insulted him he's going to make it known right uh and and there's there's basically one opportunity for you to apologize which is the moment that he asks for you to apologize and then you're fucking dead. Right. Uh, he's Is, always. Do the other stories make like add to the mythos? Like I, I really only know Conan the Barbarian. I don't really know Conan the Destroyer or Conan. What was yeah, the other Co- one? Conan the Destroyer was the second film, and then uh, the Jason Momoa one. Uh, was a, is that a, a remake? A se- a in a separate continuity? No, not really. It's a totally different story. But it is an origin story. Uh, yeah, it, it is. It is more of an origin story. Uh, none, okay. none of those movies really capture any of the Conan stories. There were, I think, only twenty-one Conan stories. One of them being a novel. Two of them being novellas, uh, and the rest being short stories. Oh, they were written in Spanish in Mexico. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Fuck, that fits so good. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah the, the stories um, are are really all over the place. Uh, they weren't written in chronological order. So the very first Conan Ooh. story that was published, he's already the king of Aquilonia, which is, uh, I guess, uh, our, yeah. our, our equivalent of France. And then the very next story that's told... He's a young man in uh, in uh, I I think it's Spain uh, or Morocco. It's España. España. Espa- yeah. He's España. <laughs> yes. And he's uh, and he's a thief. And so there's all these these different thief. Uh, yes. <laughs> there's all these different things that you see him doing. Uh, he's he's a he's a pirate. He's uh, he's a mercenary. He does all these different jobs as he, as he just kind of <laughs> wanders around the world. And the the beautiful thing about it is that the very first story sets up exactly what this is. This is on yeah. Earth. This is not like Middle Earth. It's not like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, this is real. It's uh, it is real. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wait a it, you can you can believe that this guy can have twenty seven thousand jobs, but one guy hasn't seen all the episodes of Family Ties. Yeah, this guy's no, been a pirate, hey, a baker, a thief, or whatever. Yeah. one guy can't watch. Oh, well, you, you can't change professions all of a sudden. You're born into being a baker. Did, Marie, <laughs> the baguettes. Hurry up. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it takes place in in this like fictional time 
between uh, what what the story says is between the times that the seas drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius. So it's in this like prehistoric time where yeah, low fantasy setting. Yeah, it's like, it's it's perfect for yeah. for this world where he has free reign to do whatever. And Robert E. Howard, what he did was he had extensive knowledge of history, but he wasn't an expert in any area. So to avoid having to do extensive research for every story he kind of just gave all the different regions names that resembled the their analog in real life and said okay now the culture and the people are somewhat like that and so the people who were reading in the 30s would have been able to recognize oh okay uh vendia the country of vendia is india and and so like little things like that kind of help bring flavor Real to the stories. And, Real big reach, right? There, <laughs> and and then Conan is just he's larger than life in every possible aspect because he's. Uh, I think with one exception, he's always the biggest guy in the story. There's only one story where he ever comes across someone who's bigger than he is. And that was Jack Reacher. Physically? (laughs) Physically, yeah, physically. But he never comes across anyone. He never comes across anyone who's stronger than he is. Uh, Fuck you, Tom Cruise. Fuck you, Scientology. (laughs) Jesus. He did not have the power of Scientology. He only had Crom, who who sits on his mountain and laughs. That's true. I mean, um, Crom. Venu, close, you know, same, yeah. same thing. Um, but he, he also is real though. He's not. Quamps uh, <laughs> 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 is high on his mountain. He laughs at your four winds. Um, so there's a sudden knock at the door, and it's the Scientology squad. Oh, <laughs> Don't you dare insult her. <laughs> the great, the, the, Sorry, the great John Travolta. Yeah. yeah. Dr. Volta lands a plane on your house. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've I've reread That'll the. That'll be that day. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, we keep interrupting David. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I've I've read all the Conan stories. Uh, most of them I've read uh, more than once. A few of them I've read more times than I care to share. Um, this is a book series that I discovered very very young. Um, I was going through some of my dad's stuff that he had uh, in an attic. And so as he brought it down, I was just taking out stuff from the box. And he had a uh, a, a collection of paperback novels that had been published in the 70s that had Frank Frazetta's artwork on it. And so from that point on, I was like a fan of Frank Frazetta. But also I was like drawn to the book because on the cover was... Conan and these women and acts of violence going on and I was like what the fuck is this like it didn't look like the comic books that I had this was more adult and so I asked him like so can can I have this can I read this and he was like yeah I was reading it at your age so go ahead I was like, oh, fantastic. So this is probably sometime in like late elementary school, like fourth, fifth grade, something like that. And I was just obsessed from that point on. And mm. so I... He wanted, your dad just wanted you to stay a virgin as long as humanly possible. <laughs> He's like, you're about to go into middle school. <laughs> just read these books. <laughs> no sex for David. Uh, you know what the sad part about this? It was just a lovely story of you and your, you and your dad coming together. Uh-huh. Like, my son's going to have that, but with Funkos. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck Lord. is this? <laughs> like, My oh, those God. Are, yeah. 
so uh so yeah from uh basically as 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 far back as my my reading experience goes conan has been my literary hero. Oh, i was so close to a good fellow's line as far back as i can remember i always wanted to be conan <laughs> <laughs> i always wanted to be a gangster yeah uh, but that's great, man. I'm I'm so glad it's not fucking. Uh, it's not. Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck, boy. Oh, so glad. I'm so happy. Yeah. I thought I thought I was. Uh, I was like, he's gonna give me back for Bellatrix. He's gonna fucking really fucking. Not just. not at the expense of my own list. <laughs> <laughs> Conan. All right. Uh, no last name, huh? Just Conan. Uh, he's he just goes by Conan. Yeah. Uh, I get it. And it's like Whitney. You just go by yeah, one name, dude. Share. Sure. All you need. Uh, Beyonce. You know, all these uh, one name uh, one name uh, people. Yeah. Uh, uh, my number one is more, probably the most... Uh, you, you, it's, you could see it coming. If you can't see it coming, you got lightning flash reflexes because this guy's faster than a speeding bullet. My number one mm. is Superman... Uh, I'm so happy that you put this. I did because the joke was when I made that when I when I talked about the topic with with Dave. The joke was that I was gonna be. I go okay. He goes, oh, we gotta choose uh, literary heroes for them. And I go okay. Well, I got Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. I just need my fourth. That was the the, the joke that I had with him. Get, yeah. Uh, but um, uh, I I. I truly love it's funny because as much as I'm, I'm a big fan of superman now like when i was a kid he wasn't my favorite superhero when i was a kid it was wolverine uh but as i got a little older i started gravitating more towards superman but it was not because of um uh of the superpowers so sort of speak it was because of his moral compass like i i i love the fact that this guy is basically a god amongst men but mm-hmm. he decides not to rule them but he decides to protect them and that to me all stemmed from his parents from mom and pa can't like that to me was the bigger draw is how he always did the right thing, but not in the pretentious Captain America kind of way. And I'm not saying that to troll David because he's a big Captain America fan. Because David had to step out to go to the bathroom, in uh, the way he was looking, <laughs> it, the way he was looking, it was a fucking emergency. I'll tell you that, listeners. Uh, but um, Superman didn't do it. He was never like he never came off pretentious to me. Like I would read the books, the comics, and I would never be like this guy's a dick. This guy's like oh how, mightier than thou. Yeah. He was just like there's a right and there's a wrong and. And, um, yeah, it, ne- it never felt like because it, it was. It felt like he was just the pure, like it, the pure motive. It was there was never an ulterior motive. Correct. It was always like he was just doing what he thought was right. And there's not a lot of characters out there that are really like that anymore. Everything has to be some sort of layered or, or like you know some some sort of um, bad like bad with the good or good with the bad. Right. He's just this like pure good guy who. In, even even the, the stories of him that where he's too good for his own good, you know, like where like doing right. something pure good and not being able to see a gray area is bad. That shit's really interesting too. You know I, what I mean? Like, I, I but the character itself holds true. I I, I got to be honest. This is the, like his the reason again because of his moral compass and because of that's what I was drawn to uh, as as a young man because uh, I wasn't a kid when I when I started reading Superman comics for a long time right. I, I didn't even read DC for a long time um, but uh, the, the his moral compass that I got drawn to ironically that's what makes him a tough it, it makes him tough to write for uh, for movies because of now day and age tough to write at all uh, it's tough to write at all but in comics it's it's a little bit more it's it's a little easier in a sense of like y- you could you know 
there's there's you give him a pure evil to fight. Yeah, you could give him a pure evil, and it's but when it comes to a movie, it's harder to write for, I believe. Um, but with that said, like I just I really do admire the fact there's a there's a there's one specific uh, panel of uh, from and I don't I have no idea what book it's from and I have no idea what number I'm not that guy either man even like we, even with yeah. sports I know there's a lot of guys that can remember like 1972 the World Series it was game three fucking bottom of the fourth I'm like I don't know any I can't do that mm-hmm. shit with anything that I love mm-hmm. including comics uh, or yeah. including movies I can't even be like oh there was a scene in the third act there's a, like, it came out in 1990 and he won the Oscar. I'm like, I don't fucking remember any of that. But um, there's a panel that I saw, uh, and I love when I when I we see it. There's two panels that I love as uh, seeing just throughout the internet. And one of them is Captain America when he gives the tree speech. Uh, it's one of the greatest. That yeah, to yeah, me yeah. is one of the fucking all time. I'm like, holy fuck. That no, says, you move. Yeah, yeah. no, you, yeah. it's your job to, to stand plant there like a, like plant a tree. Your, plant yourself like yeah. a tree and say, no, you move. And that to me is fucking far, gr- that, that, that clipping, that, that the, the, of uh, the panel, the comic, to me was written far great, far better than it was done in, in the movies. And oh, it was yeah. done well in the movies, but in the comic, that fucking speech was just yeah. fucking golden. And then the other one is a Superman panel where there is somebody who's going to jump. He's going to he's gonna commit suicide. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. You just gave me goosebumps. Yeah. And, and, he, goosebumps. and, guy, and, and it was a girl. Go. It was a girl uh, going to commit mm-hmm. suicide. And she says, don't, uh, don't, uh, don't catch me. And he's like, I'm not here to catch you. I'm here to help you. And she was like, oh, you're just going to, if I, if I, you're just going to uh, uh, catch me or whatever. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. I promise you, if you, I'll just stand here as long as it takes if, just because I want to talk to you. I want to figure out because even if I save you today, you're going to do it, try it again tomorrow or the day after. And that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to help you to the core of the problem. And she, and he waited flying. He was hovering while she was on the ledge. Mm -hmm. And the panel went from night to, to dark, to light, to dark again. And he just stayed there waiting quietly. Didn't say a word. And then she started opening up to him as far as why she wanted to kill herself and he helped her with that and that to me took no superpowers that to me took no that was literally just standing there and i will be here when you need me to be here until you need me i will be right fucking here and i won't say a fucking word because i want to help you and that to me is that is the epitome of superman and that's what i you know yeah, that gave me goosebumps, man. Because I, I do, I do. I remember seeing that panel in isolation, and you know me about. I love Superman, and uh, there was always that like problem with Superman in the movies of like, man, they really they kept fucking him up, you know. And one of my favorite Superman things, I know it's not in a book, but it's in the Justice League cartoon. The whole "I live in a world of cardboard" scene. Do you remember when he's fighting when he's Dark fighting Side? Doomsday? Uh, dark side, yeah. Oh when man, that's dark a side, great scene. And he's like, he's like, I, I live in a world of cardboard, and I, I, can't, I have to constantly be trying not like the whole thing, the concept of the that he has to constantly be withholding his power, and he wants to, and he feels like he can finally open up. Like that is an element of Superman that's also like very interesting in the sense that he can, li- he has, he cannot interact with the world as it is as himself. He's never not fully him. Like as much as he's doesn't need the superpowers because he's got the pure goodness in him. He also has the the power that he's constantly having to keep in check. Mm-hmm. That that to me is a super interesting like dichotomy of Superman. I love that whole like like um, 
when you see him there, like I live in a world of car, but he starts like, laying into him. Oh, so fucking dope. So fucking cool. He, he, and, could, and he, he could very possibly just take over the whole world by himself. Right. Well, yeah. I said that when you went to the restroom, oh, I'm sorry. when you went to the bathroom, no, no, I, I just, yeah. I said, I love the fact that he has the power of a God. He could literally rule us, but he mm-hmm. instead choo- chooses right. to right. protect us, to defend I'm super excited. And, and a, a lot of that Red goes back to um, his, who, who I think of as his real parents. Who, Paul, Ma, yeah, Ma and Paul Kent? Yeah, Ma yeah. and Paul Kent. Oh, of course. You know, th- who he, um, who he is genetically is Martha <laughs> is uh, is Jorel is Jorel and and and, and Lara L. But who he is on the inside is Ma and Pa Ken. Right. And and that when I was a kid, I guess I didn't see it because I saw like the gadgets and the the flashiness and the the darkness of of Batman, Batman. and and I was attracted to that. Um. And here's the thing: I'm a huge fan of Batman, bro. Yeah. Just to just to put into because a lot of times people find out that I'm a huge fan of Superman, and they go, "You know, Batman is cool." I'm like, I have a tattoo of Batman too, dude. Like, I, I love like I'm not. This isn't fucking Big and Tupac. I can like both. Like, I, right. I legitimately like I'm like I'm fine. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. I, I was I was more into Batman because, well, because Batman '89 came out when you were a kid, dude. Yeah, so that, I mean that, that was means, that's a huge that factor. Was, it, it, it left an impression on me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, it did all of us. Uh, yeah, yeah and, of course. as it should have. Yeah. Uh, but I guess when when I got older and I started reading the Superman comics, and uh, and they came out with that fantastic Justice League TV show. Yeah. Um, I started understanding why Superman was always considered the greatest, and I I would probably consider myself a bigger Superman fan than a Batman fan these days. That's news to me. I didn't know. I would not. But yeah, man. I I, I again. Be, I could be fan of, of both. And love oh both. no, yeah, I love. But them I both. just I I there are a lot of there's like deep cuts to Superman that I'm like this is and it's easy to be like think about the powers, the flying, and the extra vision and super strength and all that. But I you know again. Mike bringing up the dichotomy of like, oh, I have to like walk on eggshells for like, you know, constantly throughout the whole thing. And um, to stay true to who you are. And, um, you know, I love the the fact that, first of all, there's like a whole Moses thing, right, to him. The whole whole story is like Mm -hmm. basically Moses. And then on top of that, you have the uh, socially, you have, uh, if you start cutting down, getting uh, layers out like an onion, you get to the social. uh, is it is it uh, is it the way you were raised, or is it or is it genetic, or mm-hmm. like what wh- who makes you who you are? And you start going through these. Uh, what's that phrase? Uh, what, what am I thinking? Nature about versus this? nurture. Yeah, nature versus nurture. You start thinking about that. Like, and Superman is a perfect example of like it's pr- a lot of both, but a lot of fucking nurture mm-hmm. really does play a huge hand. And then you can see it in the in the Elseworld uh, in the uh, in the uh, the Red Sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you read the Red right. Sun novel, like it's, you know, he if if he was found by the Russian communist government, like it would be a totally different Superman. Yeah, but yet somehow that, his, that movie's coming out. They made it, they made they just they just it, did a, it already came uh, out. It just it already came out. Oh, it did. Yeah, it came out like sure, a, a week ago or two weeks ago. It's just uh, not okay. on the flea market yet, but it's it's out. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, man, I I just love everything about Superman. I mean, I get it. Uh, I know people have been not into the movies uh, uh, as of late uh, in the last mm-hmm. you know x amount of years or whatever. I I'm one of those guys that have loved every movie that's come out. Uh, and I think Henry Cavill has done a fantastic job. I think he has done a fantastic job. Uh, I gotta be honest with you, I really did like fucking Brandon Routh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I liked dude, him too. I like. 
I did you see them. Crisis on Infinite Earth? The, no, the, I haven't got to it yet. I haven't got to it. I haven't got to oh, it. Oh, dude, I'm, it I'm is, a, I gotta, I gotta binge watch all of them. That's the thing. I gotta. I'm on. I'm on the last season of every one of those shows. So I just yeah. gotta watch. I, you know, that season. I didn't watch. I didn't catch up on the seasons. I just watched the Crisis because I, I kind of lost lost my place, and then it was hard to follow the, all those six different shows going on. But uh, the Crisis, you can just watch it, and it was it was joyous. It was it was just a delight. Listen, every so single every fun. single one of those DC crossovers has been awesome, solid. Like yeah. every single one of them has been fucking great. Yeah. Uh, last year's was uh, or the year before it was Elseworlds, and the year before that they were like in a Nazi planet. I forgot the name of it. it that was fucking great yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I, they're all great. But anyway, so Superman's my number one. So for number one we have Percival from Ready Player One, Conan, uh, and Superman. Um, so there's. N- Absolutely not a single one of repeats. So let's take our number ones. So we take our number ones, and those are going to be on there. So we have one more space for a mountain because we only have three people. So who would you guys select? Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I like I like Jack Reacher to be honest with you, only because he's the only one that I've uh, that you know. Uh, but James Bond to me is the yeah, quintessential say, yeah. like that's I, I was about bond to say can, can I throw out James Bond <laughs> yeah, J- James Bond is quintessential like nobody argues um, Bobby Slayton comedian Bobby Slayton has a great ha- had a great I don't know if he said that but had a great joke years ago about James Bond he goes James Bond is every guy's uh, uh, dream is every guy's like it's what every guy wants to be he literally has women that want to kill him and he fucks them too like <laughs> so well um the one thing i'll say is that that my only argument against the or suggestion against uh bond would be gandalf i just think he's he's did you have who had gandalf on their mountain though you didn't have no he he was an honorable mention yeah no he was an honorable he wasn't on my mountain but he was yeah you you can't be on the yeah you can't be Mm. on the final mountain and not be on anyone's mountain Mm. You can't. I know, but he. I feel like. I mean, because I picked Sam. Uh, Samwise, but. Oh, let's let's go Samwise then. Who's Samwise? Sam the, from Sam, the Lord the, of the Rings, the, the Hobbit. But he wasn't on the, the mountain. Rings. Yeah, he was on his mountain. Who was he? Was he on the mountain? No, you had no, Arthur no, 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 Dent. No. You had, had Professor uh, Magana, Magana, and Jack Reacher and Percival. Shit. Oh. Hmm. Mm. I, I've been bond, been bond. Yeah, I, I mean, you can't. You know, it's either look. The yeah. the, uh, the other options are Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz, uh, mm. Emma uh, Bovary, Jack Reacher, uh, Bellatrix uh, Lestrange, which is my vote, uh, James Bond. Um, let me see here, uh, and uh, Elizabeth Bennet, McGonagall, if, yeah, and Professor McGonagall. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I think James Bond would take that spot for me. Right, cool. It, he was just like you know, like he it, he started like those books turned into an entire industry of film. So it's like it's hard to it's hard to deny his impact. So so yeah, I will go, I go that. Bond. So the final mountain is going to be uh, Percival, Conan, Superman, and James Bond, which I think is a solid list. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah. that's that's our that's our that's our that's our list. I mean, uh, uh, Mike, thank you very much for hanging out with us again, man. Appreciate oh, that. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, Jeff, uh, Dave, listen, Jeff, Dave, uh, thank you very much for uh, coming back. Uh, make sure you check out uh, Mike's Mike. Where, where can people find you? Uh, you can follow me at Mike Mercadol 
M-I-K-E-M-E-R-C-A-B-A-L on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. All right. So check that out. Check out my website, whatwashisname.com. Uh, and uh, thank you for uh, listening. And that's how lists are made. <laughs> That'll be that day. <laughs> <laughs> Boop.